It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Alright, so check this out. My cat is teleporting around my room. Just now, my partner and I were watching our five-year-old Tabby in our room. He can be a rambunctious guy. He's always running off to go knock things over or generally go insane around the house, so we keep him in our room with us when we aren't moving around the house. We have a pretty large space in our room. It's basically its own apartment, so he gets plenty of space to run up here where we can still keep an eye on him. Anyway, we were watching him just now as he crept towards the door to our room to try to escape. We called him in from the door multiple times, never taking our eye off of the door area. It's slightly around a corner, so we couldn't see exactly where he was standing, but we knew he was over there because we both watched him walk over there, and there's nowhere else around that corner for him to stand just the door. Now, normally, he comes right away when we call him because he knows he isn't supposed to be by the door. He'll scratch the door to pieces also. But there was no response. We stared at the door area and he never walked out from that area even though we both saw him walk over there. We both stood up to check and he just wasn't there. We searched all of his spots in the room, especially his favorite underneath my partner's office chair, and he wasn't there either. Well, we checked everywhere twice, and when we go back to the office chair, there he is, exactly where he just wasn't. Now, I know cats are fast, but there's just no way. We both watched him walk to the door, and then he just wasn't by the door anymore. We both saw him not under the chair, only for him to be found right under that chair. We both kind of just shrugged it off because cats, you know? Cats are weird. Cats are trippy. Cats just be like that. But then, I'm sitting on our couch where I can see the chair that he was under, and I never saw him leave from that spot after I sat down. And then my blanket moves, and he's now under my blanket with me. He even looked spooked. He gave me this questioning meow like, Mom, what happened? I'm stunned. My partner saw me lift the blanket up and find him, and we're both speechless. Kitty is sitting on my partner's lap now, acting as if nothing ever happened. And this all happened within two or three minutes as well. What do you all think about this? Is this a glitch in the Matrix? Or do cats really just be like that? Kitty seems like he was not trying to teleport around today. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. 
Restrictions apply. A couple weeks ago, I was walking upstairs in my house and I looked out the window of the second floor in the foyer. There's a large tree in the front yard that covers half the view of the window, but you can still see the sky above the tree from the window. There's a single, super bright star that's visible, and I always enjoy looking at it when I go upstairs for the night. On this night, I walked up the stairs and I looked out the window, and I noticed that the tree completely covered the window so that no stars were visible. In fact, no part of the sky was visible at all, and the only thing I could see was a massive tree. I thought I must have missed something, or maybe it was cloudy and I just wasn't seeing it correctly. So I walked back down the stairs again to see if I could see the star or the sky from a different stair step. The tree completely covered the view no matter where I stood. All I could see were the tree leaves from the top of the window to the bottom. I thought, hmm, that's weird. I guess my tree must have suddenly grown extra tall and wide and I just didn't notice. I walked up and down the stairs three or four more times just to be sure that I wasn't confused and that I wasn't somehow missing something. The tree was very tall and large and no sky was visible at all, no matter which stair I was on. Still confused, I then went outside and looked at my tree in my front yard. I noticed that it was, in fact, extra tall and wide, and I thought it was odd that this was the first time I noticed how large and wide it was, but assumed that maybe I just misremembered how it was, or maybe it just literally grew overnight. I chalked it all up to me just being inattentive and thought it was a bummer that I wouldn't be able to see the stars from my window anymore. I kind of forgot about it until the next night, when I was coming up the stairs and happened to look out the window again just out of habit, I noticed that the tree was back to the size I thought it was supposed to be the day before, and it wasn't blocking the whole window anymore. I saw the same bright star that I had always seen out of my window for the last two years since I moved into that house. The leaves were no longer blocking the view, and I was so confused. I walked up and down my stairs several times to see if I could have been standing somewhere else, and the tree would have blocked the view like it had the night before. But no matter where I stood, the tree never completely blocked the view of the sky from the window. I tried for about 10 minutes to find the spot on my stairs where the view that I had the night before could be replicated, and I just couldn't do it. Perplexed, I went outside and I realized that my tree was no longer massively extra tall and wide like it was just the day before. It was back to the way that I had originally thought it was. I spent so much time the first night trying to figure out why the tree blocked the sky view and then trying to rationalize the change. I got really freaked out the next night when it was the exact opposite. I have no real explanation for this other than perhaps this was a glitch if not in the matrix, then maybe in my brain. I still find it very unsettling. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. 
Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. I live alone in a charming 1920s apartment. And we could say that I'm minimalist. The apartment itself is so pretty that I don't feel the need to have decorations and stuff to fill it. Plus, I hate clutter and spending my money on stuff that I don't really need. I usually have the bare minimum, especially in my kitchen cabinets. Spoons, for example. I lived the past year or so, since I've moved in, owning only three spoons. It was fine, but considering that I drink three coffees a day, on work-from-home days, a couple more spoons wouldn't really hurt. So, about a month ago, I went to my local thrift store and I bought a pack of six spoons. And yes, I did disinfect them. Life was good. Until recently, I've realized that even though I just bought new spoons, I'm constantly washing them. So I counted them, and I had a total of five spoons. Uh, excuse me? Never have I thrown them in the garbage or hit them somewhere, and no one came into my house since I've bought them. I was a little weirded out, but I decided to take good care of these five spoons that I had left. And today, I couldn't find any clean spoons again. I looked in my sink, and there were now three dirty spoons. No clean ones. Somehow, I'm back to just three spoons. As if I never went to the store to buy that extra pack. It's so insignificant, but also so weird. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This happened a few years back. My sister and I were going to some place via car. We were in the back seat and my father was driving and my mother was in the passenger seat. Going across a particular street, I noticed a shop and it caught my attention because it was a well-known brand that was in big cities but not in ours. I showed that to my sister and I told my mom about it. Both my sister and I saw that distinct sign of the shop and it was particularly fascinating and so detailed that we couldn't have confused it. The shop name was called Stilettos, with two stilettos in place of the double T's. We were excited that the place has finally opened up in our city and we're sure to visit it next time we come to that area. Well, fast forward two weeks or so, my aunt came to visit us and she wanted to go shopping. We told her about the new shop that opened up and since she lived in the city that already had that shop, even she was excited when we told her about that particular shop that opened up in our city as well. After she came back, she was very lost and told us, where was that damn shop? It's nowhere near the place that you mentioned, let alone in the vicinity of that entire place. We were shocked, but we let it go because we thought that she may have missed it or just didn't look in the right place. Things started becoming weird when I asked her, 
oh, you should have searched for it on Google Maps. And then I proceeded to check it, but there was no shop of that name in our city on Google or Maps. We were confused, but dismissed it, thinking that it may not have been updated yet. The following day, my sister and I decided to go to that area where we saw the shop, and lo and behold, there was no shop, not even a hint of it. We were stunned and didn't know what to say. Fast forward seven years. Now, that same shop has finally opened in our city, but it's in a mall. I don't know. Still weirds me out. Back in high school, my friend and I went to this mall in the middle of the city that I sometimes go to. We went up this mini escalator and ended up in an empty food court, which I thought was kind of strange since I didn't know there was another food court in this specific part of the mall. I also found it weird since there was no one there in the middle of the day, not even any workers were inside the open food shops. I didn't think much of it and I wanted to explore, but my friend got extremely uncomfortable freaked out and then wanted to go back but we did he kept saying how creepy that whole experience was but i just assumed that he thought it was weird because it was empty i didn't think much of it until years later when the story came up when i was talking to my girlfriend she told me there was never another food court where we walked the mall was renovated and the food court moved but it was never at the same place where i described We went back to look at old pre-renovated pictures and then post-renovated pictures and I tried to look for old floor plans of the food court and it was like nothing what I saw or where it was supposed to be. I always thought it was just my mind playing tricks on me but I'm so sure of what I saw. During my time at uni, Me and my ex-girlfriend, who was a close friend at the time, had a weird, glitch-like experience that has always baffled us. We were in our second year of gathering hall room, which is also the cafeteria and waiting area for certain things. It's usually very busy and noisy. Furthermore, there was an announcement held in this area when we were there, and during this time, everyone was waiting for the announcement to happen. Me and my friend were so involved with our conversation that we both kind of blocked out all the external noise and stayed invested in our conversation. My friend was taking videos at the time and she left her phone on record without realizing. Fast forward a few minutes of our conversation and we notice everyone is completely silent and just looking at us and then the announcement starts. We were so embarrassed but we didn't notice that everyone had gone so silent and it felt like we spoke for maybe five or ten seconds. Regardless, it was an embarrassing moment. Fast forward a couple of hours, we go on with our day and we return to our student house. And then my friend comes to me and tells me that she has come across the most uncanny thing and can't describe how she feels. She shows the video and I listen to it, really thinking nothing of it. The video starts when she mistakenly left it on record and then it just has us invested in our own discussion and there's a lot of background noise with people speaking in the hall and this goes on for a few minutes and I start to get really bored to be honest. I continue watching but I kind of start bitching because it's a black video. The camera was on the table. 
with just us talking in a noisy background with the occasional tapping of a finger on the table. I still watch completely unfazed, and then my friend says, Did you notice it? Now, I'm still utterly confused, and I ask her, What? She rewinds the video and tells me to listen at a certain point of the video, and all of this segment is in the noisy hall. I watched this 10 second segment roughly three times and the moment I realized what she was directing me to pay attention to, my tone changed and I felt a chill. Everyone is quiet, she said. At this point in the video, everyone suddenly just goes radio silent and it's almost as if we were being completely watched and listened to for the next two minutes of the video and then suddenly everyone else's time unfreezes, it appears and a friend on another table alerts us to be quiet and the announcement begins in the video. In the video, since the silence began, my friend alerting us is the first sound other than us talking. We spoke to our friend and he told us that we were speaking for like a few seconds while everyone was quiet, but then when we showed him the video and aligned everything, he even felt confused but disregarded it. I never knew how to take it, but the audio from the video is just so chilling. It's not some form of noise cancellation from her iPhone, which was an iPhone 7 at the time, because it was picking up all the audio for a good amount of time. It's just this brief period where everyone else is silent and it's just us talking. It's hard to explain, and I already feel like I'm missing points to explain the experience, but it is what it is. We were both fascinated and terrified about it. It was as if the world and their souls stopped and they decided to focus on us and our conversation. Yesterday, I realized I lost my AirPods. I had sworn I saw a glimpse of it in my handbag the night before, so I didn't worry about making sure that they were still in my bag. I got up in the morning to check that I had everything in my bag and my AirPods weren't there. I remember taking a bunch of stuff out the night before to reorganize my bag, so I searched my room quickly, but I didn't have time to search it well. I couldn't find them. I have a suitcase sitting up against the wall, and I checked under there by lifting it up fully because it was so close to my handbag. If it had fallen, it would likely be under there, but no luck. I go to work and come back. I didn't really bother searching too hard as I had the day off today, so I could just do it in the morning. I searched my car last night and it wasn't there either. This morning, I searched everywhere for it. I checked under the suitcase again and I lifted it up fully. There was still no sign of it. But immediately after, I walked out of my room and I asked my mom if she had seen my AirPods. She says no. I walk back to my room towards one end to close my wardrobe door then I walk towards the end with the suitcase. As I'm walking towards the suitcase, I see a white thing peering from underneath. I lift up the suitcase, and the AirPods are right there underneath the suitcase. First of all, I just want to say that I enjoy reading these stories, and I'm always thinking of the logical explanation but I also realize that I have a glitch of my own that I can't explain. I'll try to be brief. I went out for a cycle and my route was through a cemetery 
in the Botanic Gardens and up through a park to meet a friend. It's a very large cemetery and I was able to cycle through no problem and I hadn't gotten off my bike since I left the house. I had a nice pace going until I took a corner and an old man was on the path walking away from me. He was walking directly in the center so I didn't want to get too close and overtake him. This pissed me off a bit that I had to dismount my bike and walk past him. As I was begrudging him in my head, I noticed his fisherman's hat with pineapples on it. I also scoffed at that. But then I asked myself, why the hell was he wearing a heavy-looking wine-colored fleece on such a hot day? And to finalize my moaning in my head, I wondered why he was carrying a massive Ikea bag which looks to be holding very little. So I got past him anyway, just near the entrance to the Botanic Gardens, which were connected to the cemetery, and I continued to walk for another 60 seconds or so to the exit of the gardens and got back on my bike and took off like I was making up for lost time. I belted maybe a half mile or so up the road and was fast approaching the entrance to the park, which is Griffith Park. It's fenced off with railings and I came out a bit to the road to see through the railings to see if the area was clear, which it was, and this allowed my pull back in and to make a speedy sharp turn into the park. It was a sharp left and then a sharp right to go from the road to the path inside the park. As soon as I took the right turn, I had to slam on the brakes as I nearly ran up the back of the exact same man that I had to get off my bike for in the cemetery. I was immediately thinking, are you kidding me, dude? Twice you've gotten in my way. And I looked at him as I was cycling past and he didn't even notice me or look at me. And I just checked for one, the pineapple hat, and two, the heavy wine-colored fleece, and yep, that heavy-duty Ikea bag. Yep, I thought to myself, it's that same man getting in my way again. So it started to dawn on me as I was deciding now to take it a bit slower, thinking what route he must have taken to get to where I was so fast. I slowly realized that there was no possible way that he could have gotten there before me. Even if he got in a car and out again, he would still have to walk out of the cemetery or the gardens that I was already past him in. I thought to myself, I'm going to go back and just ask him because it's baffling. But as I was trying to figure this out, I was getting further from him and closer to my destination. I told my friend when I met him and he brushed it off, of course, as something logical, even though we both couldn't figure out what happened. The fact that I took careful note of his appearance is the only thing that has me convinced that it was the same man. Not exactly an outfit that would be easily replicated, and my only regret is not going back to confront him. Nicely, of course. Alright, so check this out. Do you guys know that whole theory about how when people die in one timeline, they shift into another? I think that may have happened to me. Back in early July of last year, my family and I were going on a road trip to Montana to visit our grandparents. Prior to the trip, I had a horrible, horrible feeling about going. I kept having flashes of car accidents in my head, and I was sure that we were going to get in one if we left. It was so strange because I have a pretty severe anxiety disorder but this didn't feel like my anxiety at all. And I never have anxiety about road trips. 
I mean, I love them. So we left Saturday of that week. I had told my parents that I had a bad feeling about driving up there, but they dismissed me as just being anxious, but I had never felt so certain about something in my life. Getting into that car felt like signing my own death sentence. So we get about six hours in, and at this point, I start to think that I was just being ridiculous, and a wave of calmness starts to just wash over me. This is where shit gets strange. My dad passes an underpass and everything just kind of shifts. I feel like I saw everything in slow motion for a whole four minutes or so. My parents were joking beforehand, but their faces moved so slowly, and then the light in the car started to shift as well. This was the scary part, because I thought I must have been going insane. For a few seconds, there was a huge illumination of light into our car. Then I looked at my family, and I couldn't really tell who they were or what they meant to me. And then it's like everything just came back. The light shifted back, and I knew who everyone was. But it felt like something imperceptible had changed. I closed my eyes, and I tried to make sense of the past few minutes. And when I reached back to remember, I saw blood. Our car and another minivan in shambles on the side of the highway, right beyond the underpass, and mangled bodies. I remembered sensations that I shouldn't have known. What spattered brain matter looks like, the smell of burning, and the way I couldn't breathe. But this never happened. Yet, I remembered that the car in front of us had switched lanes, even though there was a truck in front of us, realized it at the last second, and then hit us with the lateral impact. I have no history of psychosis, and I've never been in any sort of car accident. This wasn't PTSD, and I've never had any anxiety over being in the car in any sort of way prior to this. And maybe I could have just brushed it off, but I still think about it when I'm driving in my own car. And it's made me a more cautious driver. I don't know what happened. It was just a weird situation. And I remember having the distinct feeling in that moment that I had died in some sense. I'm not a spiritually sensitive person by any means. I mean, I am a scientist at heart, but this truly was something that I cannot explain. And I fully accept that I might be reading too much into this, and for some reason, I imagined an event that never even happened, but I thought I would share anyway. So I don't really know how to explain this or if it even fits on this sub or even what actually happened if I'm being honest, but regardless, I need to tell you the story. I was driving to work this morning and I'm coming up a side street that connects to a very busy road in my area. It's the main road that stretches through like 20 towns. I get to the red light at this main road and I sit there for about 15 seconds before seeing a car pull up behind me. As the car comes to a complete stop behind me, my eyes drift from the rearview mirror to the stoplight in front of me. It was red still. 
I then looked down to my radio clock and it says 7.36. And this is going to sound strange, but for a period of time, that seemed to stretch out until infinity. I kind of felt this like intense pressure all around me, like I was zoned out and I couldn't clear my head or move my body because I was obsessed with the numbers that I was seeing. Like I was in a trance or something and it wasn't silent around me, but it was at the same time. Like very, very loud, pressing silence. I couldn't move, but I also wasn't trying to move. Almost like I was paralyzed with fear and knew I was frozen, but couldn't really process it or even try to move. I don't know, I can't really explain it. And even now, it's confusing to me. After who knows how long of being stuck in this trance, suddenly everything snaps back to normal. Instantly, the very first thing that I register is that the person behind me is laying on their horn. I look up and I see the light is green. I begin to drive forward, feeling completely 100% normal again. And once I get into the middle of the intersection, I sensed this large presence to the left of me. I turned my head to look out my driver's side window, just in time to see a huge truck coming right at me. It hits me, and I can feel my body break. I felt and heard so many of my bones get absolutely crushed. Suddenly, I'm upside down in my car. I'm in so much pain I can hardly breathe. I'm covered in glass, and I can hear someone screaming. The last thing I remember before I passed out about 10 seconds later was seeing cop lights and distinctly thinking to myself, wow, how did they get here so fast? And that's actually important. I'll come back to that in a second. The next thing I remember, I open my eyes and I'm sitting in my car at the red light. The intense pain that I felt a moment ago is fading fast, but it's still there, almost like a ghost version of itself, if that makes any sense. I'm intensely confused at this point, and I start looking around in a panicky way, and my eyes trail across the clock again. It says it's 7.36, and I'm just... I'm beyond confused. I know it wasn't a daydream. It was so damn real. I'm frozen in place, staring at the clock trying to figure out what the F just happened. After about 5 to 10 seconds, I hear the person behind me start to beep at me and I'm shaking and now I'm about to cry and I'm so overwhelmed with leftover fear that I can't even react to it. They start to lay on the horn and I still can't move because I'm just so confused and frightened. Now, at this point, I was starting to calm myself down and trying to rationalize what happened. I was beginning to convince myself that it had just been a daydream. It was early enough and I was tired enough that even I started to think that I just nodded off at the red light and dreamed the crash. What the hell else could have happened, right? Well, if it weren't for what happened next, I probably would have been able to go the rest of my life believing that I had actually fallen asleep and just dreamt it. The moment the clock turned 7.37, like the very second the numbers changed, a huge truck comes barreling through the light, definitely speeding. 
They ran their red light and crossed right in front of my car. A few seconds later, a cop, who must have been just driving behind the truck in the first place, runs the red light as well, turning on his lights in the process and beginning to pursue the speeding truck. They both drive out of my view within a few seconds. I was so shaken, I just pulled my car to the side of the road right where I was and I sat there in silence for I don't know how long. Like, what normal explanation could I possibly come up with for this? I don't think there is one. I hadn't seen the truck or the cop car before they both ran the red light in front of me, so how did the dream crash that I had include those very specific and very real details? The entire area that I live in is covered in trees, so it's not like I can see very far down the road in either direction. I know for a fact I did not see the truck or the cop car before I experienced the crash. I'm still very shaken. How do I rationalize this experience to myself? I feel disillusioned by something, but I don't even know what. I feel like I'm going crazy. I needed to share this with people who won't automatically dismiss this as a hallucination or just a dream. Not too long ago, I got a CRT slash VCR combo to watch old VHS tapes. My mom heard and asked me to bring it over so she and my dad could rewatch their wedding tape. I take it over and we pop it in. It was very cute and wholesome, but the thing that threw us all off was my mother's very noticeable southern accent. My mom wasn't born in the south, nor has she ever even been to the south. She's lived in California her entire life. Hell, she was the one who brought it up first. We were maybe a minute in and we had to pause it. We thought maybe she was just joking at the time and doing a silly voice, but no. It continued for the entirety of the tape, from the wedding itself to a bit of them hanging out after the wedding. She called my grandmother and asked if she ever had an accent and my grandma responded, no, why would you? Which, I mean, fair. It's a weird question to ask. My dad thinks it's hilarious because he has zero recollection of her ever speaking like that. This person includes an edit. They say, They wanted to address some common comments and questions. Firstly, while there was some video artifacting, the tape itself was in pretty good condition and the audio quality was generally fine. The wedding took place in the early 90s, and I do appreciate people mentioning that in some parts of California, southern accents aren't that uncommon. The last bit that I want to mention is that she wasn't drunk for the first two-thirds of the tape. The tape begins before the ceremony, and while my mom isn't opposed to partying, she definitely didn't pregame her own wedding. So this happened about a week ago, but my memory is still pretty fresh. My boyfriend and I were in the car on the way to get dinner and we were just chatting casually. Everything felt normal. As we pulled up to a red light, somebody caught my attention. There was a guy, I'd say between 15 and 18 years old, walking on the sidewalk across the street. I noticed him because 
He looked like he was straight out of 2004. Baggy jeans, gray beanie, and a black t-shirt over a long sleeve white shirt. I thought it was funny, I figured he was some kind of skater, and pointed it out to my boyfriend and made some joke about the guy being from the 2000s. We both agreed he looked out of place and that's when we started joking that he must just be a time traveler. I said something like, he's probably thinking, whoa dude, where am I? And as soon as I said it, the guy started to look around like he was confused. Now, we were in a car and across a busy street away from him. There's no way he could have heard me. We remarked that it was weird as we watched the guy look around confused for a few moments. Then, we both looked away for no more than half a second. I don't remember why, and when we turned back, that guy was gone. At first, we laughed and thought it was funny, but the more we looked, the more we realized that he had nowhere to go, and he really just completely disappeared. I can't stress this enough. We barely looked away, and he had nowhere to go that we wouldn't be able to see him. We both freaked out and drove most of the rest of the way in silence while we thought real hard about time travel. We haven't really talked about it since, but we agree that it was obviously very weird. I was doing the laundry and moving clothes from the washing machine to the dryer. While I was moving things over, I picked up my Optimus Prime shirt and put it in the dryer. Then one of my kids needed me in the kitchen, so I walked away. When I went back to the washing machine, I picked up the next item and it was again my Optimus Prime shirt. I figured I'd just mistaken the first shirt or so and threw the shirt in there. A few items later, again, one of my kids needed something, so I walk away and when I get back... I again pull out the same Optimus Prime shirt from the washing machine and now I say out loud, what the hell, this is weird, and I throw it in the dryer. My oldest daughter walked up and asked what was going on and I tell her and she looks in the dryer and she says there's three of the shirts in there. It's impossible as I only own one, so I go look in the dryer and indeed, I have three identical shirts, all wet as well. My daughter gets excited and calls my wife to take a look to confirm that we're not crazy. My wife takes a look and she also sees three identical shirts, and she knows I only own one of those because she bought it for me. My wife says we should take a picture and she walks out of the laundry room to get her phone. While she was getting her phone, there's a loud bang coming from the laundry room and we all quickly run back in there. Nothing seemed out of place or had fallen, but when my daughter looked in the dryer, we only saw one Optimus Prime shirt. We emptied the whole dryer, but in the end, there was only the one shirt. We still have no idea what happened there, but all three of us knew that we saw three Optimus Prime shirts. About three months ago, I went to pick up some Chinese food at a place that my husband and I go very often. 
I paid using my debit card and then stopped at the same gas station I always do on my way home to throw $20 in the tank. When I went inside, I didn't recognize the clerk, but I didn't really think about this until later. I only really noticed it wasn't one of the same five employees that I always talked to because of the weird interaction that I had. I went to pay with the same debit card and it declined. Weird. I know there's not a funds issue. I went to check my phone to see if my bank had texted me about the charge for some reason, only to find that instead of having service, my phone displayed SOS where 5G usually would be, and I've never seen that before. Very confused, I tried to use one of my credit cards issued from a different bank. Also declined. Now embarrassed, I found some cash and I told the cashier what pump I was on. There was no one else at the gas station. I walked back to my car, I pulled out the pump and I tried to start pumping gas, but to no avail. The pump wasn't clearing from the previous transaction. My phone was still saying SOS and the hairs on the back of my neck started sticking up. The street around the gas station, which should have been somewhat busy for a Saturday evening, was completely dead. I was utterly confused and I felt very disoriented. After pressing all three types of gas and the clear button several times, I went back inside and I asked the clerk if there was something wrong with the pump. They looked at me as if they'd never seen or spoken to me before and asked which pump I was on. On the second trip, I was able to get it to work, but I drove away with just the strangest feeling. My phone only started working when I got back to my house and there's never been any problems with my cell service or my bank cards ever since. I know it may seem really mundane, but I can't shake the feeling that I left reality, or at least I left this timeline for a good 30 minutes. I was about 16 at the time, and I had just gotten a new TV to put in my room so that I could play my Xbox on it. It came with one remote, and I remember specifically because I was very spacey and tended to lose things, so I wanted a second. Well, cut to about three months later, I lost the remote. I sleep with it on my nightstand, and I don't remember moving it or dropping it or anything, but one day... I went to grab it and it wasn't there. I looked everywhere for that thing. It was driving me crazy. Until a few days later, when I looked in between my bed and the wall, and I'd already looked there, or at least I thought I did, and it was just there. I was absolutely elated until when I pulled the bed back to actually grab it. Two remotes fell down. They were the exact same brand. They had the same wear on the input and the select button. The number two was rubbed off on both of them and you know what really blew my mind is the batteries were the same mismatch of Duracell and whatever brand the remote came with. I just found this subreddit and reading some people's stories is what compelled me to share my own. Has anybody else had a duplication glitch before?
This happened over a year ago, but it replays fresh in my mind almost daily because I'm trying to make sense of what I saw and what I experienced. My ex-boyfriend, who's a 35-year-old male, and myself, who's a 34-year-old female, were strolling through the aisles of a store, conversing as usual, choosing snacks for our stay-at-home date night. As we came to the end of the aisle, I began to get a migraine and I felt a pain in my gut to the point of just wanting to vomit. My boyfriend at the time began to notice me in discomfort and asked me if everything was okay and F no, it was not. I was standing at the end of the aisle with a hand on my head and the other on my back trying to support myself. I felt like I could feel the earth literally spinning, never mind just the room. I had to steady myself because the spinning felt so real. It was like that spaceship ride at the carnival where it just spins and everyone gets stuck to the walls. I leaned my head back and when I looked forward and to my right, I saw myself and my boyfriend in perfect mirrored form. I was standing next to myself. I saw me staring at myself in absolute horror and my oblivious boyfriend picking up some kind of bag of chips and just standing behind me. I raised my hand and the reflection also raised its hand. I stared at myself and I turned to my boyfriend in horror just to say, do you not effing see this? I then looked back to find the reflection gone and went into a full-scale panic attack. I know what I saw and I'm not crazy. I stood directly next to myself as if I had a perfect clone and saw everything reflected right behind me. Time just split. The universe split right in half. I can't make sense of what I saw even to this day. I just know that I know nothing is what I thought it was anymore. This person includes an update. It says, A lot of you have suggested I get checked for epilepsy and also for the migraines. I'm also studying up on what exactly could trigger some kind of spontaneous astral projection. I'm so curious, but still so petrified. My son is two and a half months old and only has so many clothes. I wash his clothes every week and I dress him every day, so I know what clothes he has since, I mean, I see them quite often. A few weeks back, my husband and I picked out some outfits for him from Macy's because we had a gift card. I saw the cutest gray onesie with little blue foxes on it and I bought it for him for bedtime. Tonight, during our usual bedtime routine, I dressed him in this onesie and I laid him down for bed. My husband is playing on his game and I had to run to the bathroom. On the way back to the room, I had some anxiety and wondered if this motherly worry would ever end. When I came back, I saw the exact same outfit on the bed. I can't describe the fear that I felt. It wasn't a scary movie fear, but I felt sick to my stomach and like something was wrong. My husband said he's always had two outfits, but I know for a fact that he hasn't. I know every article of clothing that he has. I've pulled every tag off of his clothes before I've put them on. I would have known if he had two of these. I feel very sick 
even right now, I feel like I've changed universes without realizing it, and I don't know when. When I was a kid, I lived in a really tall house. There was a central set of stairs that went four stories high that the house was built around. My parents' room was on the fourth floor while I lived on the third floor right next to the stairs. My childhood dog, this mutt named Bueller, would climb up the stairs most nights to go to sleep with my parents while occasionally sleeping with one of my siblings on the floor below me. Anytime Bueller was walking around the house, you could hear the clacks of his paws on the wooden planks. He would never head up at a consistent time either, going from as early as 8 to even as late as midnight. Fast forward, it's July 2014. I'm 17 years old and Bueller had just passed. The house felt very empty for a while and we'd gotten so accustomed to his clacks that it was just you know, odd, not hearing them anymore. But they kept on coming. For about two weeks after his death, I, along with my parents, heard Bueller climb the stairs almost every night. The sound was unmistakable. I had heard this noise for years on end. It was the same pattern and the same rhythm as Bueller in life, except there was no Bueller anymore there was no weather pattern going on, the house wasn't especially creaky, and we didn't have any other pets than him. It was never at the same time every night either. When it became late July, we stopped hearing Bueller's clacks. I asked my parents if they heard the noises, and they said that they did. It had to be Bueller coming up the stairs. I'll say that I never went to see what it was, just because... I mean, I already knew what it was. It was Bueller going upstairs to sleep with my parents. Alright, so check this out. This happened between 1991 and 1994. I've never been very good at remembering my dreams. I almost invariably wake up after a seemingly short period of nothing to start my new day with absolutely no memory of the night of sleep I've just had. There have been three exceptions to this in my life, and all of them recurring. One is a nightmare, where I'm in a dingy, in the middle of a vast expanse of water. Oh, ding. <laughs> a dinghy. One is a nightmare, where I'm in a dinghy, in, a, in the middle of a vast expanse of water. The view is from way up above, so high up that the dinghy and I are nothing more than a little spot on a sea of water, and an enormous shadow swims underneath me. That's the one I don't like. Another is when I can fly. I always remember the flying dreams as they always become lucid, and there are a lot of fun. I do wish that they happen more often, though. But this submission isn't about either of those dreams. When I was about seven years old, I started having a recurring dream. Every week or so, I would go to sleep to find myself in a living room devoid of furniture. I was standing back against a wall. There were vaulted ceilings and a large picture window directly to my right. I could see the front door just after the window on the wall to the right, and beside it, 
On the wall directly in front of me was a staircase. Along the right side of the stairs, as I would go up them, was walls and banisters. Nothing more. Along the left side was another set of stairs, or more precisely, the walls that had been built up in a kind of large, staggered shelf pattern. The walls were white, the carpet a light beige, and the banisters a brown wood. The staircase went up four stairs. There was a landing where it turned left, and then it went up 13 stairs to the second floor. I know this because, in my dream, I ran up them every time, counting along the way. The reason I was running up the stairs was because I had an intense feeling that someone or something was chasing me. I had no idea who or what or why, but I just knew that if I didn't get upstairs, it would be bad. The thing is, every time I'd go up the stairs, faces would come out of the walls on both sides. They looked like they were either trying to eat me or they were yelling with no sound. Sometimes they looked like people I knew, but typically they were just faces being scary. Right as I'd get to the top of the stairs, I'd wake up every time. So what's so weird about that, other than it being kind of a strange dream? Well, in May of 1994, we moved out of the city proper and out into the burbs. My parents bought their first house, and it was a pretty one, or so I'd been told. After a few attempts, my parents learned that dragging my little brother and I around while they looked at model homes wasn't really conducive to making an informed decision, so they started leaving us with relatives while they would shop. I never saw the house that we were to move into until the day we moved in. The living room, the walls, the ceiling, the window, the stairs, they were the exact ones from my dream. Of course, I made a big fuss about it at the time, but the house had been closed on, had been built to my parents' specs, and there was absolutely no backing out of it, especially for some little kid's bad dream. So, we moved in, despite my protests. We lived there until I'd left for the military, after my brother moved out of state, after my parents got a divorce, and in all that time, there was never one strange occurrence in the house. But... I've not had that dream a single time since the day we moved in. Way back in the 90s, I was listening to a lot of Grateful Dead, Fish, and some other jam bands. One of the albums that I encountered was titled Buddha Roll. It was a jazz rock fusion by Howard Wales and Jerry Garcia. My boyfriend at the time had a copy of it on cassette that someone had copied for him, and I played it often. Now, around the same time, CDs were a big thing, and there was a chain of stores in the area, I'm not sure if they were national or not, but it was called Digits. Their shtick was letting you listen to CDs before you bought them. I went in with the vague notion of picking up the Hootero album on disc. While I was there, I started wondering if the duo had ever put out any other albums together. So I hunted it down and, sure enough, there was another disc right there with Hooterol. Same kind of psychedelic artwork on the cover and a similar title. Definitely the same artists. The listening booths were busy that day and I wasn't feeling adventure enough to buy the other album without hearing it first. 
but I did pick up the Hooterol disc that I went in for, and for what it's worth, I still have it. I told my boyfriend and a few other friends about the other one, in case they wanted to pick it up, although none of them did. Fast forward a few years, and I decided it was time to buy that other album after all. But when I started looking around for it, I discovered that Hooterol was the only album the pair had ever recorded together. There was never any other CD for me to have pondered over, despite that I clearly remember holding it in my hands and studying it and debating the purchase for about 10 whole minutes. I still wonder what would have happened had I purchased it instead of the more familiar CD, or even if I had been able to listen to it. To this day, I've always wondered if I sideslipped into a parallel but slightly different universe where Garcia and Wales had got on to record together again. Compared to many stories on here, this is a pretty mild event, but it's always stood out clearly in my mind because it was such a strange event. A few other similarly small things had happened around that same time. Stickers plastered to tolls I passed through daily that both my boyfriend and I remembered reading one way, but that somehow had different text on them later, for instance. But the CD business was the clearest in my mind, as I spent so much time deliberating it. When I was a child, must have been between 1993 and 1994, a new video rental store called Hollywood Video opened in my town. I remember being excited because our regular rental shop never had anything good and the new releases would all be gone quick and this new place always had plenty of copies. I know it was around 93 because the first thing we rented was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid and my dad rented Medicine Man. I also remember renting Ghostbusters 2 and Gremlins 2 for the NES there on separate occasions. The weird part is... No one I've ever talked to about it remembers it ever existing. It closed down not long after I rented Gremlins 2. In late 1997, they opened a new video store in the same shopping center, and wouldn't you know it, it was a Hollywood video. I remember distinctly being excited that it was a store that was coming back to the area, and even had the exact same logo of the Hollywood sign with a rubber stamp of the word video underneath only they had changed the color scheme to purple while the original store had a neon green color. The part that I can't get over is, like I said, absolutely no one but me seems to recall this place ever existing. But then why would I be excited that it was coming back when it did several years ago? I distinctly recall being glad of the return of the store. I also made several trips there while it was operating. If it was some one-off thing, I'd be more inclined to believe that it was a false or faulty memory. But I know I was there. I can still remember where certain VHSs were in the store and the art on them. There was one with a bunch of people in a shoebox, something with a young Jay Leno. I was shocked by his dark hair, and they had the video games behind the counter. If there's anyone out there who also patronized a Hollywood video with a neon green color scheme prior to their existence in 1997, please let me know. I feel like an utter madman when I talk about the video store that was never there.
Back around 1990 or so, I was in a car with my dad. I was 15 or 16 years old and he was driving. We were on the B3347 going south from Ringwood one evening. We were somewhere between Kingston and the Avon Causeway Bridge turnoff. It was very dark, so it must have been winter. The road was quiet, but not empty. Cars would pass every two or three minutes, at a guess, and there were no regular streetlights after Ringwood. We were on a straight stretch of road when we saw car headlights ahead of us. While they were still perhaps a couple of hundred meters away, we saw the approaching car turn off as if it was going into a road or a driveway. That part of the road was very empty and in the countryside, and I remember being intensely curious about where that car had gone. I looked on the road and in the direction they turned off until the road curved again and then continued looking in case there had been an optical illusion and I was seeing somehow beyond the bend. But there was nothing. No house or driveway with a car in it. No turnoff. Not even an entrance into a field. I wouldn't post here but for the fact that a few minutes later, still pondering about this, I asked my dad whether he had seen the oncoming headlights disappear and it turned out that he had been wondering the exact same thing. We both saw the oncoming car, we both saw it turn off, and we both observed unbroken road until the next bend. I know the road quite well as I cycled there from time to time and even cycled back a few weeks later to see if I could see a turn off in the daylight that wasn't visible in the evening but there was nothing. I had always assumed an error in cognition, but it was odd that my dad had also seen, or I guess not seen, the exact same thing. Yesterday, I went shopping with my mom and I got in a taxi to our destination. Once we got off from the taxi, the driver politely asked my mom if she has a 5,000 or equivalent note with her so that they could exchange it with some other notes of 1,000s or 100s that he has. This was an odd request, but because we had a $5,000 note, we agreed to exchange. So the driver pulled out four $1,000 notes and 10 $100 notes, counted them very carefully and handed them over to us and we gave him our $5,000 note. My mom carried a small purse which was inside her pouch and I observed her as she put the notes inside. I too skimmed through the notes before putting them inside the purse to confirm that they added up to 5,000. Fast forward two hours. We were almost done with shopping and was about to get to the cashier. Note that she didn't open her pouch at all and there weren't many people inside the shopping center so I'm confident that nothing happened there as well. Well, as we were in the cashier, my mom opened the pouch and to our horror, there were only two $1,000 notes and then 10 $100 notes. Luckily, we had enough to pay for what we were shopping for and as soon as we paid for the things, we went back to every single place that we were in the shopping center and the area that the taxi parked when we did the exchange, but we couldn't find anything. I know this sounds unbelievable, but... I'm pretty sure that nobody stole the money because there wasn't a chance. Is this a glitch?
This was a small but weird glitch that I experienced last week that's been bugging me ever since, so I thought I would come here to share it. Last week, I went out of town for a week and I rented a car while I was gone. I have some anxious tendencies, so after I returned the rental, while I was sitting at the airport waiting for my flight, I had an anxious feeling about being worried about my own personal car keys. I had parked at the airport long-term parking at home so I would need my keys as soon as I got off the plane. So I checked my wallet. It's a big wallet, but I always keep my keys in there to verify that they were there. My car keys were where they belong, but again, being anxious, I checked two more times over the next 20 minutes or so before putting my wallet into my carry-on bag where I stayed for the rest of my journey home. I got to my home airport and went out to the parking garage. I have the kind of key that if you're near the car, it will unlock and you can push the start button. So my wallet and keys never left my carry-on this whole time. I pulled into my driveway at home and I started digging through my center console for the garage door opener. And as I was digging for it, I came across my car key. I was confused and I thought it must have been a spare since my key is in my wallet in my bag. I checked three times. I chastised myself for being so careless and leaving a spare in my car, but then it occurred to me that if there's a key inside the car and I try to lock it, it always beeps and it won't lock. I opened my bag and pulled out my wallet, expecting to find my key in there and confirm that the one in my hand was in fact a spare, but inside my wallet was only my house key. So somehow, my key glitched and moved itself from inside my wallet in my carry-on bag into the bottom of my center console underneath napkins, plastic baggies, phone chargers, and God knows what else. Twenty seventeen was a hell of a year. My mother died of cancer. She was diagnosed in twenty fifteen and she was told that she may only have nine months to live. She was a fighter though, and she told me that she wanted to see my son, her grandson, grow up. He was five in 2017, and she adored him. We lived with her in 2017. I was mother to my son and daughter and caregiver to my dying mother. I would take her to all of her appointments with her oncologist and radiologist. Most people put their appointments in their calendars and their smartphone. I put mine in a yearly planner that I carried in my purse. Call me old school, but I carried that little book around, ready to add the next chemo appointment for her, ready to add the next pediatrician appointment for him. It was about a three and a half by six teal green book. 2017 was written on the cover in gilt lettering. My mother succumbed to cancer on September 4th, 2017. It fell on Labor Day that year. She died in our little two-bedroom apartment, and she lived there for over 20 years. Once she had died, I began looking for a place for my son and I to live. It was a difficult transitional period for us. We were brokenhearted and scared for the future. I had to find a place for us to live ASAP. I found our place, and we moved in December 1st, 2017. By the end of 2017, that little teal book was a bit beaten up, its pages full of past appointments, passwords, and notes. 
Our new life started in 2017. New place, new job, new responsibilities. A fresh start. We went about our new lives, unpacked the boxes, settling ourselves and our belongings into place. Eventually, the years roll by, as they always do, and it's now 2022. My son is almost 11. He remembers his Nana, and we talk about her a lot. He likes to watch videos of them together, when she still had a stunning head of hair, with her distinct white swoop of hair in the front. It hurts to see her bald and ravaged by chemo and radiation, though. We don't like those pictures of her then. We lost track of that little teal yearly planner. I'm not sure what happened to it. I haven't even thought of it in years. We've been going through a very trying period since September this year. I lost my job. I was terminated for nonsense. My son got COVID for the second time and he developed long COVID. I got another job, but had to leave it because of how sick my son was. He needed me home with him. My car's transmission went out and needed $4,000 in repair that I couldn't afford while on unemployment. Unemployment stopped sending me checks because I no longer had transportation, thus I wasn't considered available for work. I was at one of the lowest periods in my life. In November, on some random Sunday, I was doing my usual laundry, several loads. I get to the bottom of my laundry basket, and there, on the bottom, was my 2017 teal yearly planner. I haven't seen this planner in over five years. I asked my son if he had found it and where he found it, but he didn't. He says he'd never seen it before. He didn't remember it whatsoever. I do laundry weekly and I empty the hamper every single time. I don't know if this was some weird glitch, some ghostly encounter, but it kind of feels like a mix of the two. All I can say for sure is 2017 was a hell of a year. My first mini glitch or vision that I remember was when I was around seven or eight years old. I was living in Mexico and me and my neighbors were playing soccer on the street. We used to do that when it wasn't dangerous. It was about to get dark when we saw two weird lights on in the sky chasing each other. All my friends and I saw it and then we look at each other and we freaked out and we fleed to our homes. Obviously, my parents told me I was being dumb and that we may never speak about it. I knew that it could be a lot of things, but it was around 1990 and my city didn't have a big airport at the time, so I don't know. My second vision was when I was around 15 years old. We were camping with my high school group at the top of Mount Paracutin. We were lying down on the grass. It was about 11 p.m. and I was with my best friends at the time. We were watching the stars, there were so many and so bright, when, I kid you not, they start moving in weird patterns. I look to my friends and I ask them, are you watching this or is it just me? And they clearly were watching it because we all felt really scared. And I know, okay, I admit it, there was alcohol involved in that trip, but I didn't drink at that time. I've tried to speak with my friends about the incident, but none of them seem to recall it. 
I mean, my whole high school class was there, which was about 25 people maybe. I don't remember what I did after that. I think I went to bed, afraid. I just remember they moved in a weird pattern. And this has been the most terrifying thing that I've experienced in my life so far. My third glitch. I was dreaming that my girlfriend at the time was involved in a car crash. I was sleeping with my girlfriend at the time and I was about 18 or 19 years old. When I woke up crying at about 4 in the morning about her being in a car crash, she was beside me and so she calmed me down saying that it was just a dream and I was relieved that it was. Later that afternoon, it was raining a lot and she was driving to university when, you guessed it, she crashed. Nothing bad happened besides some vehicle damage, but still, that dream was really vivid, like I was there watching the accident. It's like a memory. It didn't feel like a dream. That glitch goes hand in hand with my fourth mini glitch, I'll call it. It involves the same girlfriend. This time, it's the last year of university, so I'm 22. It's the last day of university, and I know I'll be graduating, so I'd do whatever person in my position after five finals would do. I'd go to sleep. So, I have this vivid dream about my girlfriend at the time having an affair with my friend. This dream, again, was so vivid. I'm in this room, and I don't know where, but I know that they're having sex. I can hear them. I feel the heat of their bodies, and I can even smell them. It was disgusting. I woke up at about 6 p.m. I went to bed at like 3 p.m., so this was a long nap. And she was there chatting on her computer. So I tell her about the dream, and she tells me basically that I'm being silly for my behavior. I did ask her after I woke up if she was sleeping with anybody other than me. And she felt offended and didn't speak to me for a while. It was okay. She played some video games and then she went out with her girlfriends. My curiosity was getting the better of me. So I opened her messenger and I get to read all of her back and forths. Loving messages between her and the person that I had just dreamt about. I confronted her and yada yada yada. We broke up and again this dream didn't feel like a dream. It felt like a memory. For my fifth glitch... The several encounters with the man with the mustache in Vancouver. So, I moved to Vancouver around 2008, maybe 2009, and I start seeing this guy everywhere. He's around 50 years old. I mean, he looks like any normal person, but he just has this normal-looking mustache, which is the only remarkable thing about him, at least from my memory. There's nothing particularly weird about him. I start running into him in a lot of places, the SkyTrain, the Canada Line, several malls, even the bus, and it's not like I was in the same route every day or even at the same time. He was just there wherever I was. So, and as I'm writing this, I just got a chill in my spine, even if it's not really scary at all, but I think he starts to notice me too, and he starts waving at me, so I wave back. This happens like five more times just completely randomly. One day, when I was going to work by bus, he walks in and sits right next to me. He says hi and tells me he's a car dealer. We do some small talk and 
when suddenly he makes an angry remark to the bus driver and says, I'm sorry I'm watching lights today in my head with a really bad headache, so I'm upset. So I ask him, do you suffer from migraines? I know this because I've been suffering from minor migraines since I was 16 years old. And he says, migraines? I don't know. This is the first time it's ever happened to me, so I describe my experience to him and he agrees that that's exactly what he's feeling. I tell him that I recommend him to go see a doctor so that they can give him some migraine medicine like some real packs or whatever medicine to relieve his pain. He thanks me and then he gets off at the next stop. I never saw him again. Today, reading this subreddit made me remember him and that was the last time after that conversation that I've ever had a migraine myself. That's weird. My last glitch was in 2011. It had been the worst year for me for a lot of reasons. After a lot of work issues, family issues, and money issues, I developed this fear of dying from brain cancer or an aneurysm or thrombosis or whatever. Something is happening in my head and I was sure of it. I got freaked out and I went to go see a neurologist because I had been having these bad headaches for a while now. Nothing was found out and that makes me happy. I'm still edgy because I've got a lot of shit going on at the time so I developed severe anxiety for six months. I feel like death is near. I had outbursts of crying, waking up scared in the middle of the night. My wife is concerned and I feel like something is going to happen but nothing ever does. This goes on until February 2013. I bought tickets to go visit my friends and family in Mexico with my wife because Semana Santa is close, which is a holiday for Mexicans, so I spent time with most of them. When two days prior to leaving, I get a call from my aunt. My dad had suffered a brain thrombosis, and I felt obviously very worried and sad. We went to Mexico, and he's still living, but he can't move his right side of his body really well, but even though he's alive and better right now. After that, I don't feel the fear of something happening to my head anymore. The point is, did I attract that? Did I know something was about to happen? Well, thank you for reading. I know a lot of these are not really very glitchy, but I just wanted to share them with you anyway. Alright, so check this out. I live in a small rural town on the edge of national forest land and I take daily walks around the town and into the forest. My kids, who are aged 10, 12, and 14, always go with me. It's kind of our thing. There's one specific walk that we take that goes down a dead-end street into the forest and then we come out on another street about a third of a mile away. There's a dirt trail that connects the two. Today, the walk felt, I don't know, different to all of us. It felt like we had never gone that way before, but we have many times. We kept stopping and looking back to make sure that we were still on the trail, which we were. Everything looked darker and foreign. We were all a little creeped out. I felt like this was in a new place that I'd never been to before. Then we started seeing no trespassing signs hung from trees, which we'd never seen before. The signs had 
obvious signs of age on them, so they definitely weren't new, and the signs were on ten or more trees that were all spaced out. I need to add, two years ago, most of our town burnt down, so the forest is all burnt trees with no foliage, making these signs screamingly obvious. We would have noticed them before. My gut told me to turn around, but I didn't want to scare my kids, so we kept walking forward like we normally would. We eventually made it out to the street that we always come out on, but the strange feeling stuck with me. It's still with me. My kids told me that they don't want to go that way again, and honestly, I share that sentiment. Although I've never felt that way before, there was something off today that just ate at all of us. I wasn't sure where to post this, but I wanted to know if anyone has ever experienced something similar in a place that was familiar to them. Here's some context. I'm 27 now, but when I was in high school, my family was, let's just say, lower middle class. I came from a family of five kids, of which I was the oldest, so money was often tight. Despite being driving age, my parents couldn't afford to help me pay for a car, so my bike was the only thing that I had if I needed to get somewhere that my parents refused to drive me to. Now here's the actual glitch. We lived on the corner lot on my block. Because of that, we had a bigger front lawn that my siblings used to leave their bikes out on all the time. My mom used to get so pissed because my brother went through bikes left and right. She would always threaten us saying that if we didn't put our bikes away, they would rust or get stolen and she wouldn't replace them. One day, I got home from a friend's right before it started to rain making it a point to put my bike in the garage as soon as possible. About 20 minutes later, my mom bursts into my room, screaming at me about my bike being out in the rain. At this point, I figured maybe my brother had taken my bike and didn't put it back, which he did do from time to time. I went outside and I found my bike laying on the far corner of our front lawn right next to the sidewalk. I walked my bike back up to the garage, pissed that my brother both took my bike without asking and then got me in trouble for it. But when I opened the garage, my bike was already inside, right where I had put it earlier. I stood there, just utterly confused with literally the exact same bike in my hands, same brand, same color, which was a purple Titan Wildcat mountain bike with handbrakes. It had the same everything. It even looked used just like my bike. To this day, I still have no idea where that bike came from. No one ever came by to claim it or say that it was missing. My siblings also to this day still claim to not be responsible for bringing it home. The bike is actually still hanging in my parents' garage right next to my actual bike. Thinking about this interaction often leaves me with a weird feeling of being watched. I choose to accept this as a glitch mostly because the alternative of whoever or whatever left this bike on my lawn being close enough to me to know what bike I rode and where I lived creeps me out much worse. Has anyone else ever had something duplicate itself? 
This was during the pandemic, 2021. I'm a 53-year-old female, and I work in animal rescue as a cross-border transporter, and I have a Nexus pass to get back and forth. The card is the same size as a driver's license, but it's kept in an RFID envelope to protect the data. One day, I was supposed to go back to the US from Canada, and I reached into the side pocket of my purse, where it's kept, to pull it out for crossing. The border was closed for regular traffic, but rescues could cross via commercial because having a pet is considered helpful for isolated people. So I reach in, and my pass isn't there. Now, here's the odd thing. I had just put the pass in that pocket 30 minutes prior as I was bringing a load into Canada. I knew I had put it there because I checked before I zipped up the pocket. I'm paranoid about losing my pass, so I'm ultra careful with it. I'm trying not to lose my mind because I need to go back and losing your cool isn't helpful with border agents. I pulled over to the side of the road and methodically went through my purse. Nothing. I empty out my purse completely, looking at each item carefully to make sure that I'm not confused. Still, no Nexus pass. I searched the driver's seat. Nothing. I get out and I do a grid search of my whole vehicle. It's not there. I go back to the CBSA office to look around. I ask the officer that I dealt with. He tells me that he saw me put it in my purse pocket and then zip it up. I must be losing my mind. I thank him and then I leave. I check the car and my purse again. Nada. I even went back that night to see if the cleaners had found anything, and still, no. Meanwhile, I let all my rescues know that I can't cross. I don't know what's going on, but I order a replacement just in case. I'm stuck for a month, waiting for the replacement to show up, periodically searching for the card. It arrives, and after I activated it, I go to my purse to put it in the zippered pocket so that I know I won't lose this one. As soon as I open the pocket, there's my old Nexus Pass right there. While I'm holding on to my new Nexus Pass, I've turned that purse inside out looking for that damn pass and it was sitting in that pocket the whole time. I was actually relieved. I feel like I've gone and lost my ever-loving mind, now holding two Nexus Passes. I yelled at the poltergeist that must have been farting around because that pass was gone. I had other people looking for it too. Artifacts in the simulation, glitch in the matrix, whatever you want to call it. What pocket universe did it slip into for all that time? So while this glitch is pretty simple, it demands some context. Some 30 years ago, before I was born, my great gramps got my grandma and grandpa this huge, super comfy couch, the type that's stigmatized as a dad's couch with a folding leg recliner and whatnot. It quickly became my grandma's favorite chair since her dad passed away not long after and it reminded her of him. At some point, my grandparents' dog made this huge scratch on the arm of it this wasn't the type of scratch you could fix without redoing the whole outer couch, which broke my grandma's heart, but 
she decided to keep it anyway since it was still comfy and ignorable, just pretty ugly. I don't think I personally remember that couch being whole. Fast forward to around 10 years ago, my grandma is starting to talk about maybe it's time to replace it. We were all kind of sad at the notion since it became a permanent feature of all the grandkids' childhood, but we got it, and now it was also a bit of a reminder to the dog that passed away a year or two prior, which also made us sad. So she starts browsing the net for replacements. Then, one day, my grandparents, my parents, and my uncles, and us kids, well, I was 18-ish at the time, we had this lunch together to celebrate something. I don't remember what exactly, but maybe it was somebody's birthday? Anyway, so we were all out of the house. Lo and behold, when we come back, we find that the couch is whole. We were out for maybe two hours, not even enough time for anyone to take it and to redo the whole thing, not to mention with the exact same fabric, which was now 30 years old. Initially, we all thought that maybe we missed something, like grandma getting it fixed, but she confirmed that we all remember correctly, and the tear was still there even when we left the house that day. So yeah, all this to say, a sofa was torn, and 20 years later, as it was going to be replaced, somehow magically fixed itself. It's just that literally my whole family was there. We saw it, and we're all still debating what happened to this day. To me, it feels like 100% a glitch. The sofa is still at my grandparents' house. Grandma's passed away since then, and now it's also a reminder of her. This is a recent story. So, I live close to an intersection of two main roads. Road A, heading north and south, and Road B, heading west and east. I live on Road A. On the corner of this intersection is a collection of three small shops that share the same building. I live two driveways up from that, which is roughly 250 meters from the intersection. My sister lives off of a service road of Road B, about 10 houses up, which is roughly 450 meters from the intersection. I know this is specific, but it's relevant. It's about a six-minute walk from my house to hers. The walk to the entrance of the service road would be about a four to five-minute walk, not to mention there's a relative incline at the beginning of Road B. Okay. I had to run to my sister's house as she tends to borrow things without telling me and then forgets to bring them back. I needed to grab my vacuum. I went to get in my car and remembered that it was bin day. I proceeded to grab my bin and began walking it to the side of the road where at the end of my driveway there was a couple walking by heading up my street, northbound, away from the intersection. A man in a green tracksuit, which I thought to be quite the look for a man of his age, the woman was in a similar pink tracksuit. They looked to be in their later years, I'd say maybe late 60s. After a polite little back and forth, no go, no you go kind of a thing, I allowed them to pass first. I rolled my bin to the curb and got in my car and pulled to the end of my driveway to do a loop 
through two back roads to avoid traffic lights and cars and things like that. I've timed the trip. It takes approximately 1 minute and 25 seconds to make the car ride. I'd be happy to give it 2 minutes as it was 11am on a Sunday. As I turned left out of my driveway, I saw the couple had proceeded maybe another 50 meters before crossing the street, now from the left side, which we were originally on, to the right side of the road and stopped to look at some furniture that was on the street for hard rubbish collection. I proceed with my one and a half minute drive to my sister's when pulling into the service road, who do I see? The couple in their tracksuits now heading towards my sister's house. Now, I know it was them because again, I had to stop and let them pass as the service road is gravel and to avoid a large pothole, you need to drive slightly on the footpath so I have a good 5-10 to 10 seconds of taking this all in before I can drive past. I stop at my sister's driveway, very confused as I get out to open her gate. They walk past with no interaction at all. Even if it was possible that these people are marathon sprinters who were heading north and a minute later were heading west and uphill without breaking a single sweat in their 60s, covering a distance that even me, as a 27-year-old female, couldn't cover in that time. I had literally just interacted with them within minutes and they acted like I was a stranger. It's just like they were literally copied and pasted and I just can't work it out. I've gotten my sister to walk from the spot that I saw them towards her house from when I turned down the first side street and she can't make it there before me without breaking into a full sprint. So to Mr. Green and his little pink wife, if you were Usain Bolt in disguise, you got me. If not, the programmers have messed up. About two and a half years ago, my mom got a puppy. When he was old enough and had had his shots, I started googling local areas that we could take him. I found there was a forest with some paths nearby that I hadn't been to before. We decided to give it a try. So we went there and it was nice, but it was very, very hilly. To the point that it was even hard to get around as I'm disabled after having had a stroke. There were also a couple of field-type areas on the perimeter that were closed off with gates and inaccessible to the public. I managed to squeeze through a gap in a gate and get into one. It was nice. Not long afterwards, we went back again. It was completely different. I know it was the same place, as we went in through the same entrance with a big sign with the woods name outside, but it was totally different inside. Those inaccessible, closed-off, fielded areas were gone. It was much less hilly, and there was now a totally different field, open to the public with a walking path that went straight through it, attached to the woods. The paths were all different. It was like I was in a totally different place. I still go there regularly, and it hasn't changed back. It really weirds me out, remembering what it was like the first time. And it even has a really different atmosphere now, too. For some context, I'm a university student studying abroad. 
I've had this one blue puffer jacket for a few years now and I've worn it a lot. I know the brand and fit of that jacket very well. It's also waterproof, so I wore it a lot at university since it rains there. One day, I'm walking back to my dorm with a friend wearing the jacket, and it starts raining. So I go to zip it up, and I realize I've broken the zipper off somewhere. As in, there's no zipper attached to the jacket anymore, so I can't zip it up at all. I remark something like, ah, shoot, I've lost my jacket zipper. I love this jacket, and now I can't wear it anymore. My friend says that she can give me some kind of keyring the next day so I can still zip up the jacket and wear it if needed, and she does. She watches me attach the keyring into the new makeshift zipper, and then she watches me put the jacket back in my closet. I avoided wearing it in lieu of other jackets for the next two or three months to avoid breaking it even more. When I'm packing to move out over summer and come home, I'm on a call with my mom and she tells me, Bring that blue puffer jacket you have. You'll need it when we go on vacation. I tell her that I actually broke the zipper off a couple of months ago, and she says, bring it anyway. We can get it repaired. When I pull the jacket out of the closet to pack it, it's fixed. There's a shiny, intact zipper attached to the jacket. I put it on, and it zips up perfectly. It looks just like the old zipper, and I know for a fact it's the same jacket from the faded brand name on the inside and the threads on the sleeves. I thought I might have dreamt the whole incident, so I texted the friend that was there and gave me the keyring, but she remembers that too. I have no idea what happened, but maybe some guardian angel noticed how much I really liked that jacket. This glitch definitely weirded me out, and I wanted to see if anyone here has had any similar experiences. I was on the way to get my usual morning coffee and was approaching the first set of lights on my way. To my annoyance, a red car in front of me slowed down way too early and we both got stuck at the red light, which we definitely both could have made. I remember being really annoyed for a second and just letting it pass. The next thing I realized was that I was no longer stopped behind the red car and I was several minutes ahead of where I had been and at a different set of lights with a now different gray car in front of me. I looked at the clock too and it had only been one minute since I had last checked it, which doesn't make sense because the second red light plus waiting time would be at least five minutes for me where I live. I don't know. Maybe I just had a small blackout, which would be concerning to me, of course, but I don't normally experience blackouts. I felt like I blinked, and suddenly I was in a different location. Has anyone experienced anything like this before? It felt like a mini record skip, almost. A few months ago, I decided to ride via bicycle at night in the park and I've put my Android Xiaomi cell phone in a chest cross bag along with my apartment keys. When I stopped at the park and took my cell phone off the bag, the right interior corner was very damaged from the keys. 
It was very scratched and I got really sad because I don't use a protective shield and the damage was permanent. I sat there very sad and started sending voice calls to my best friend relaying what had happened and we talked about it. I even online searched for new screens on Ally Express, wondering how much they cost to exchange for a new one. I was very sad because I had been mentalizing my screen scratched and broken in the past few weeks since I was putting my phone amongst my keys and I could have foreseen this and predicted that this would happen. I was very sad because I knew it could happen and it did happen the exact way that I was thinking. My glitch comes a few days later. I noticed my screen was back to normal and it only has one minor scratch that was already there before. It wasn't damaged anymore like the day in the park and it was completely normal. I didn't understand. So I messaged my friend asking her if she remembered the audios I sent her that night talking about the incidents and how the keys left my phone scratched and that I was sad about it and she did confirm that all of that happened. The only thing I don't understand is that keys are very difficult nowadays to actually damage a phone screen because of the Gorilla Glass, but I swear to all of you, I spent a lot of time that night sat on a park bench looking at the damaged corner of the screen. I even opened bright images on Google so I could look and analyze the damage that was done, and yes, I even did search for new screen replacements online at the time. I have no idea how my phone is now fixed. This is so weird because it's now happened twice in two different cars. I purchased nail polish along with a few other items and put them in the back seat of my car with no bag. And when I got home, I emptied the car. A few days later, I couldn't find the nail polish, so I assumed I just forgot it in the car. I go to the car and specifically I check the back seat. There's nothing there. I then thought maybe I left it on the counter at the store. Then two days later, I get in my car and I look in the back seat. Lo and behold, my nail polish is right there in plain sight. There's no way that I would have overlooked it when I specifically looked there in that exact same location just days before. This person has another story in the same submission. I usually get into my house via the garage door opener. When I was helping my dad move, I was using his car, so I put my house key on a single keychain so I could have access to my house without my garage door opener. I used my dad's car for a month using this key daily. Then I gave the car back to my dad. I got home in my own car and I used the garage to get in like I used to always do. That's when I realized I left my house key in his car. I go back and search his car for my key and it's nowhere. I looked in the cup holder, the glove box, under the seats, I looked everywhere. My husband then searched the whole car as well, it just wasn't there. For the past year, I've been driving my dad's car weekly to take him places. He no longer drives, but he keeps his car so I can drive him around because his walker doesn't fit in my car. A year later, there is my house key. 
right on the floor mat of the driver's side seat. Plain as day, not hidden under the mat, just right there, as if it had been there all year long. Alright, so check this out. About 10 minutes ago, I was in the laundry room folding while my 4-year-old son and my 2-year-old daughter watches Disney in the living room. Our front door is propped open to let some fresh air in, but the security door is locked. My husband is at a friend's house getting help with a programming project and I hear this. My 4-year-old shouts, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. My 2-year-old shouts, Daddy, Daddy. And I hear my husband's voice say, Hey guys, where's mommy? My 4-year-old says she's doing laundry. And I hear my husband's voice say, Oh, is she folding clothes? The 4-year-old says, Yeah. And all the while, the 2-year-old is still shouting, Daddy. I finish what I'm folding, and I walk into the hall to see if my husband wants help with dinner. But he's not in the house. I think, okay, so maybe he went back outside to get something else from the car. With the front door propped open, the security system doesn't chime when you go in and out. I look out the door, and his car isn't there. So I ask my four-year-old. I say, hey, where did daddy go? He looks up at me, scrunches his face, and he looks confused, and he says, uh, maybe he's at work. And I said, wait, weren't you just talking to him? He tells me no. I checked the security camera, and it didn't catch anything. I feel like this was either a glitch in the Matrix, or a parallel universe bled into this one for just a moment. So, this happened to my roommate, we'll call her L, earlier today. I was there and I witnessed this with her. Three months ago, L went out clubbing with two friends at a super packed club. She carried a money clip with her in her back pocket that had $500 cash, her debit card, and her ID. At the end of the night, while she was waiting outside for an Uber, she noticed her money clip was gone and she immediately went back inside the club she was at to check if she had left it at the bar or dropped it on the ground somewhere. After searching for about 10 or 15 minutes, she couldn't find it anywhere. When she got home, she double-checked her jeans again. She didn't wear a purse or a jacket that night and then she went to bed after, super upset. She regretted bringing the $500 cash that she was gifted a few days prior for her birthday. She was planning on using that money for our trip to Hawaii the very next month. So, Elle called the club the next day to see if anyone had turned it in, but no luck. She figured someone must have stolen it out of her back pocket, or she must have dropped it and somebody kept it. Fast forward three months later to today. Elle came home from work, went into her room, and her same exact money clip that she lost with the $500 in cash, the debit card, and her ID was sitting right on her TV stand. 
She was in total shock and yelled out my name to come see what she was seeing. I ran to her room. I glanced at what she was pointing to and I instantly got goosebumps all over my body. She asked me if I was pranking her at first, but she saw how confused I was and knew that that couldn't be possible. I was just as shocked as her. We hadn't talked about that missing money clip in over a month. We sat down and just stared at each other for a while, trying to make sense about how this could have happened. Well, it happened. About an hour ago, while I was finishing up my shift... It was nothing reality-shattering, but it was very clear and real in my mind. I was helping clean up at the end of the night around the machines that were running. I picked up some pallet wood and some scraps of cardboard from the floor. I looked around for a big garbage can, and there were none that I could see. They were getting dumped out at the compactor. I noticed a small gray bin at a nearby machine. I stopped, I stared at it, and I thought, I guess this junk might fit in there. I started walking over to it when I saw my supervisor heading toward me from my left. The desk phone rang. He stopped and turned around and headed back the other way. Now, as I swung my head back toward the trash can, it felt like a, like a cutscene in a movie, like a few frames were suddenly missing. As I thought... That was weird. I reached down to toss the trash, and that little gray bin was now gone. I stood there, looking around for it. I even backed up to where I first spotted it, and nothing. It just wasn't there at all. And that's it. Today, I found out that glitches really are real. This was late at night, maybe around 2 a.m. Everyone living in my house was asleep and I was just scrolling through Twitter and TikTok. I had my AirPods in my ear and the case right next to me in my bed. I had gotten up to grab another cover from my closet when I heard something drop. I assumed it was my fire stick, but when I returned to my bed, it was still there. So I thought, no biggie, it must have been my AirPod case. But when I went to look for it, I couldn't find it. I looked under my bed and under my dresser, but I still couldn't find the damn AirPod case. Since it was so late at night, I decided to leave my AirPods on my nightstand and look for the actual case the next morning. Well, the next morning, I began to clean my room, and I mean a deep clean. I moved my bed, my dresser, my nightstand, everything and anything. I even looked in my shoes and deep in my closet, but I never found my AirPods case. I know it was late at night and I was tired, but I remember having it next to me and I remember hearing something fall to the ground. I even asked my mom to help me look, but neither of us found anything. It was so strange and frustrating because one, they were expensive, and two, 
my room isn't even that big, so it's not like in a part of my room that I never go to. I never found the AirPod case and I had to end up buying a new one. Thankfully, they weren't as expensive. A few years ago, my husband, my daughter, and my husband's parents and I were taking a nice summer bike ride on a popular Greenbelt Trail. My husband and daughter were way up front, I was in the middle, and my in-laws were behind me. As I was going over a bridge, I slowed down to let an older couple behind me pass so that I could let my in-laws catch up to me. While the older couple was passing, my handlebar got caught on the bridge, causing me to lose my balance and then fall. While I was on the ground, my face was near the concrete facing down, and it felt like time began to slow down. Above me, I could hear the sounds of just total commotion, chaos, so much that I thought I had better keep my head down for a bit. After what felt like a while, I jumped up. I looked over to the older couple whose faces had now gone pale and both looked like they were looking at a ghost. I looked over to my in-laws who were behind and saw everything. They looked just as shocked as well. I was confused as to why, but I started apologizing to the older couple for falling into their path. The man was too upset to speak, but the lady finally managed to ask if I was okay. I said, yeah, I'm completely fine. But the way they were looking at me, I had to ask them, do I look okay to you? After a minute or so, the older couple finally collected themselves and they rode off. I get over to my in-laws only to hear what they witnessed. They both saw me fall and the guy run over my head with both bike tires before he fell over. I was in complete disbelief since I felt absolutely nothing. I have no idea what happened and why it seemed as though my head was in a bubble or a time warp. Hmm... My uncle and I went to a Bucks game a few weeks ago as his friend wasn't able to make it, so we used his season tickets to go to the game. As we're scanning the tickets, we ask the worker how to get to our section and our seats. My uncle and I vividly remember the tickets saying section 235, row W, seats 4 and 5. So... The worker points us to the direction of section 235, and we go find our seats. I double-checked the tickets before we got to our section, just to make sure we were finding the right seats, and I confirmed it said section 235, row W, seats 4 and 5. I then asked an usher to confirm where our seats are, and he pointed us in the right direction, towards row W, after looking at our tickets. So we go over to row W and see that there are people sitting in our seats already. No big deal, we thought, as we can just hop around in that section until we felt like asking them to move when the game got busier. 
Eventually, we are asked to move to our seats, so we go back to row W and ask the people there to politely move since those were our seats. The two guys sitting in seats four and five were very sure that those were their seats, and then they show their tickets to us, which shows that they are indeed section 235, row W, seats four and five. This is where we get very confused. We then pull out our tickets to show them that, hey, those are also our seats, only for the tickets to say that we are in section 235, row B, seats one and two. What the hell? Our tickets seemingly changed from row W, seats four and five, to row B, seats one and two. We had no clue how that could even be possible, as we had ushers confirm multiple times where our seats were throughout the first half of the game, while they looked at our tickets. We then moved down to our new seats and just sat in absolute confusion as to how that could have even happened. It makes sense that row B, seats one and two, were the correct seats all along, as we saw some friends behind us who were asking where the usual friends were that have the season tickets. We told them what happened, and they couldn't make sense of it either, and jokingly suggested we were probably too drunk to notice the difference. However, I was sober, and I had multiple ushers confirm what the previous tickets said before they mysteriously switched. There is likely a reasonable explanation for this, but my uncle and I are still scratching our heads wondering how that happened. We both vividly remember the same details and just don't know what the hell happened that day. Do you have any thoughts? This happened in 2014, and I am 100% positive that daylight savings time had nothing to do with it. My boyfriend and I had cooked dinner and watched some Curb Your Enthusiasm. Between episodes, I went upstairs to use the bathroom. Our stairs were wooden and slippery, and I had recently fallen down them after our nightlight stopped working. When I left the bathroom to go back downstairs... I noticed the nightlight was back and turned on. My first reaction was, Oh, cute. He fixed it so I wouldn't fall again. When I sat back down, I kissed him and thanked him for doing that. The thing is, he didn't. After we went up to inspect it, he also freaked out. He's an unflappable guy and never believed in hauntings or anything of the sort, so I got even more scared when he couldn't make sense of it. We both had goosebumps and felt like nothing made sense anymore. I've never seen him so confused or spooked. After a few moments of regaining our composure, we went into the kitchen to clean up the mess that we made while cooking. At one point, I turned around to check the time, thinking that the clock would read 11.30 or so, but that clock said four in the morning. In utter disbelief, we checked all of the clocks in the house and it was indeed 4 a.m. 
We checked to see how many episodes we'd watched and there was no way that we had been watching for almost seven hours. We never figured out what happened and I've never been so spooked in my life or so grateful to have someone lose their mind with me. We were afraid to go to sleep, so we stayed up until sunrise, and after, we were able to call his mom and tell her that if anything happened to us, we might be murdered by the simulation itself. My wife and I independently lost our house's main door keys 24 hours apart. Neither of us have ever lost any keys before in our lives. She's a 26-year-old female and I'm a 27-year-old male, and we both have multiple keys on our keychains, and we're each missing our main door key to the house. There are four of us living in this house, both of my parents, myself, and my wife. My parents live on the first floor, and my wife and I have our home upstairs. My wife's keychain is a small toy with a spring hook that hooks a ring with all the keys attached. My keychain is a simple carabiner hook with rings with keys on it. Here's my wife's side. She was the first one to have lost her key on her keychain. We came back from a walk and she unlocked the front door, confirmed by me, her, and my mother that was present near and we went upstairs to our part of the house. Now, note, she didn't lock the door behind her because my mother specifically requested her not to. Upstairs, she put her keychain on the table, and after half an hour, she notices the keys are missing. It has to be lost between the main door and the upstairs. It's literally impossible for them to be anywhere else. I unlocked the door, and then I put the keys down on this table, she said. We can't find the key, and it's the only one missing. We checked all of our clothes, all the nooks and crannies. It makes zero sense why we can't find her key. Where is it? Now, here's my side of me losing my key. I come home from work the next day, and I realize that I can't unlock our front door because the keychain that I'm holding in my hand is missing the key to the door. I checked all my pockets. I went back to the car and I checked inside there. I closely examined the car to door path, but I didn't find anything. I know that I locked the main door when I left for work this morning. I think I saw the key on my keychain before I left work. I retraced my steps multiple times, but I still never found it. Both of our keychains have spring mechanisms that allow keys to slip off, I guess, but what are the odds that we both lost the same door key in 24 hours? It feels like a glitch that removed our keys. This happened about one and a half years ago. I came home and sat on my couch to watch a little television before bed. I took off my smartwatch and I set it on the arm of the couch, then I went back to watching TV while taking off my earrings. I held my earrings in my hand for a few minutes and decided to get up and take all my items to my room. 
When I reached for my watch, it wasn't there. Naturally, I looked on the floor and then I felt in the cushion right next to me. Nothing. I got on the floor and looked under the couch and the coffee table and, again, I came up empty. I pinged my watch from my phone and I heard it inside the couch. I continue pinging my watch and it sounds like it's underneath the cushion next to where I was sitting. Weird. As I went to remove the cushions, this was precisely the moment that I realized the cushions were stitched to the couch and unable to be removed. It was a new couch. I'm now lying on the floor between my couch and coffee table reaching under my couch. I can feel my watch resting above the lining that's attached to the bottom, but I have no idea how it got there. Under the middle cushion, no less. I reach between the middle cushion and the back of the couch, as well as the left cushion and the arm looking for some kind of hole that it could have slipped through. I find one on the left side, but I don't understand how it slid just right and went into the hole and then had enough momentum to slide under the center of the couch, all without me noticing. One minute later, I'm cutting a hole in the lining under my new couch to retrieve my watch, and I still have no idea how it got there. Here's the TLDR. I had to cut my smartwatch out of the center of my couch after it disappeared from the armrest. I lost my beloved high school class ring several years ago at work. When I noticed, I tore apart my desk, my purse, my clothes, my pockets, my car, and my house. I even combed through the office on multiple floors. I asked my manager, my coworkers, and the housekeeping staff to keep an eye out for it. At home, I decided to wash my purse and search the washer and dryer to see if laundering the bag would somehow shake it out, but there was nothing in the washer or the dryer, and still nothing in the purse. Weeks go by, and I'm devastated. My dad bought me that ring, and he helped me customize it. I was very upset. Eventually, I accepted that it probably slipped off my finger outside due to the cold weather, and was most likely gone forever. I even started looking into jewelers who could potentially recreate it for me. A couple of months later, my purse is sitting inside my desk drawer at work. I think by now you know where this is going. I take it out to go on lunch and I reach inside to grab my phone and the ring is sitting right there on my phone. It was definitely my ring in the same condition that I knew it was in. My full name was engraved on it, along with all the customizations that my dad and I picked out when I was still in high school. I was blown away. I wondered if maybe someone found it at the office and chose to return it anonymously by dropping it in my purse, you know, no questions asked. The only problem is that my purse was locked up inside my desk drawer, and I was the only one with the key. I was overjoyed to have my beloved ring back, but still completely baffled. How could it vanish for months and then just 
show up one day in plain sight. I still think about it to this day and it gives me the creeps. Alright, so check this out. I've had plenty of time slips in my life. You know, times where the beginning and end were way further apart than the middle can account for. Like a 10 minute walk taking 4 hours, that sort of thing. I've kept them to myself because, well, I was the only witness. And if we're speculating on something supernatural versus me just being crazy, well, I don't like my odds. This is different though. This is multiple witnesses, same story. It was New Year's Eve. My husband, our two kids, who were 13 and 9, and I were staying in a motel. We planned to watch the fireworks from the balcony at midnight because we were in city center and they'd all be around us, but that was hours away from now. The sun had just set and the sky was a misty purple. I was making dinner which was sliders, which at that point were about 20 minutes from being done. As I was setting up our plates, we started hearing fireworks. I checked my phone for the time, and it was a little after 7. The fireworks kept going off in the distance and the kids were getting excited. They went out on the balcony to look and asked me to come out. I kept assuring them they were cool, but the real show starts at midnight. I started to wonder myself after a while though. The fireworks just kept going, more rapid than I expected for 7 in the evening. I went outside and saw bursts of color exploding all over the sky. I marveled at it. If this was 7, then what would midnight look like? Then I checked my phone again and it was 12.15. I couldn't even tell you what I did after that. I was initially disappointed along with the kids and confused along with them as well, but the more we thought about it, the weirder it seemed. We'd all witnessed the sun setting literally an hour earlier. I'd started dinner while it was still light out and it was still hot and just barely ready. I'd checked the time and did the math for them, how long it would be while the sky was still purple and the fireworks just kept going. It went from 7 to midnight in just a few minutes. I don't even have a wrap up for this. I don't know what to say. I'd blame it on my phone, like the clock being off or something, but that can't explain why midnight came just after sunset. We're in Utah, not the Arctic Circle. The husband works overnight, so he's used to time feeling weird and that's just what we chalked it up to. My son took it in stride because He's young and time travel is his jam. My daughter and I are the ones wondering years later what the heck happened. She'll bring it up whenever there is a special occasion and I'm cooking like neither of us can trust when something should be done anymore. We both wait on events like we might miss it because we know we already have before. I give a lot of presentations at work. There's one particular presentation that me and my team were working on, and after drafting slides and working on it, we decided it wasn't working and we scrapped it and we had never given it. The draft slides have remained on my laptop for a good two months and 
Every now and again, over that time, I've seen that draft and I thought about deleting it, but always thought that maybe we'd go back to it one day and it might be useful to keep. Yesterday, I had a meeting and I was prepared with a different presentation. My colleague introduced us and then he said, and now Adrian will give you our presentation, which is this draft on that we scrapped and never did. Keeping professional and thankfully having kept the slides, I was able to make it up on the spot, but it was a bit of a mess. After the meeting, I asked him what happened, to which he was equally confused as to why I had messed this up, and he had told me that we'd done the presentation several times. We had a pretty friendly disagreement about it, me convinced he had introduced the wrong thing and him thinking that I just messed up and... I would have agreed to disagree if it wasn't for him showing me a video on our company's Instagram page of me giving this very presentation. I specifically remember the conversation of us scrapping it, of me seeing the file on my laptop several times over the last two months and having that thought process of whether or not I should delete it. It even features a video I've never watched and when I've seen that in my drafts, I thought to myself, I should probably watch that, which I've now watched whilst giving the presentation for the first time, desperately using the three minutes that it took to play to try and think about what the heck I was going to say next. I'm convinced that I have never given this presentation, in spite of the fact that there is a video of me giving this presentation. Things don't just disappear and then come back a couple of months later, as I've seen it happen to most other people with these stories. It kind of started with a remote control that disappeared about a year ago. I was watching TV at night, fell asleep, and then the next day, it was gone. We've cleaned and moved every piece of furniture in the house, and it's nowhere to be found. Then, we lost a whole pound of cat food that's always at the same place. I fed the cats the night before, I put it away in the same place that I always do, and the next day we had to run to the store because it just wasn't anywhere in the house, and it still hasn't turned up. And this just keeps happening. A perfume, some makeup, even teaspoons. Today, a charger looked like it just randomly jumped from the table like as if someone threw it on the floor. My boyfriend and I both saw it, and it wasn't the cats. My boyfriend and I are now going crazy because we just never know what's the next random thing that's going to vanish into thin air. This is a story that I've always wanted to share and have finally found a subreddit or maybe it'll be taken seriously. I'm sorry for the length, but I'm including all context and detail. This occurred in 2020 with COVID in full fledge. One of my best friends and I were back home from college and were playing on a baseball team in Canada together that summer. We were only allowed to play one team and the team was located about an hour and 15 minutes away from our town. We also didn't have a bus due to COVID and drove ourselves to the games. This is also the town that my friend was originally from, so I had done this drive probably a hundred times at this point, 
Another important note is that we would always time how long it took to get there or back because sometimes we would go super fast and see how fast we could get there. And yeah, we were stupid kids, but I held the record with 37 minutes. You turn off the Trans-Canada Highway about five minutes after leaving our town onto this narrow rural road. It's single lane and nothing but farm and ranch land for the entire drive. The closest thing to civilization is the odd farmhouse you see way beyond a field. Also, about halfway through the drive, there's a coulee which you must go up and down. It's impossible to miss as it's the only part of the drive where you have to touch your pedals other than to pass. Otherwise, you risk, one, veering into the river, which is at the bottom of the coulee by going too fast, or two, blowing out your engine due to the insanely steep hill. Another important note is that there's only one way to get between these two towns, and that is this single-lane highway. Anyway, we made the drive there and played our games, and then we sat for a bit. We talked with my friend's parents, we watched them leave, and then sat at the ballpark for about another 30 minutes afterward. Finally, we decided to leave, and we checked the clock, which read 5.17. We started talking as we drove, making the time feel really fast, but after a little while, I looked at my friend and I said, How have we not hit the coolie yet? He responded with, I don't know, but it should probably be right around this bend. We then pondered how it felt like we'd been driving forever. We got around the bend, but to our surprise, we didn't see the coulee, but we were coming up to the main highway already. I looked down to see that I was only doing about 110 or 115 kilometers per hour, and that's when both my friend and I checked the clock, which is when we realized the glitch in the matrix. It was only 540. We thought that there has to be some explanation, so we went to my friend's house where we arrived at 5.45. We thought maybe we just forgot the time, but another detail doesn't add up. His parents aren't home yet. We immediately call his parents and ask where they are, because they left 30 minutes before we did, but they replied saying they were only about halfway home. We interrogated them more. We said, did you guys stop? They said no. And then we asked, well, did you see us pass you? And they said no. In fact, we actually didn't pass anyone the entire time. My foot never touched the pedals. We didn't go through the coulee. We passed people who left way before us. We did a 115-kilometer drive in 20 minutes, and we have no clue how. Unless... All four happened to have massive lapses of memory at the same time. We even checked snap maps with the travel feature, confirming our trip lasted only about 20 minutes. We still have no idea how an hour and 15 minute drive turned into 20 minutes, and we bring it up every now and then, still with zero explanation despite there being four witnesses to the event. I've had this happen three distinct times several years apart. The first was when I was an idiotic 16-year-old. 
I had recently gotten my license and was driving myself and my little sister home from school. I was cocky and tried showing off for her, turning up the music and headbanging for a few seconds. When I opened my eyes, I remember being a moment away from hitting a parked car. The very next moment, I was two blocks back where I turned onto the street. I pulled over in a panic and my sister asked why I was stopping. I asked her about that moment at least ten years later and she said she doesn't remember me headbanging or the music being loud, just wondering why I was stopping so far from home. The second time, I was driving to a music festival when I was 20. The festival was a three-hour drive away, and I went with two friends, one of which said we could take his new white Mustang. It was super early, and he said he was up late the night before, so he insisted that I drive. As we neared the festival, I got to a winding inner-city highway on-ramp, and I couldn't see the approaching traffic very easily, and I wasn't familiar with driving in the area. So, I treated it as any other on-ramp, and I swear we got hit by a semi that I saw last minute, but the next instant, I was at a complete stop at the end of the on-ramp with the semi crossing in front of us. I never brought that up with the other two since I was driving someone else's new car and it just felt wrong to mention. The third time this happened, I was in my early 20s and remember driving across the state with my sister on our way back from visiting family. It was late, probably 10 o'clock. I was in the left-hand lane and someone came up on me faster than I anticipated. They passed me on the right as I saw another car approaching quickly. I moved to the right lane immediately as the first car passed me to get out of the way of the second car. I hear a loud grinding sound as I hit the black trailer the first car was pulling, only to blink and see the first car and trailer well ahead of me. There was no damage on my car and my sister didn't see or hear anything weird once again. I'm at the point where i try to avoid driving if at all possible. I'd rather offer just to pay to help someone cover the cost of gas if it means I don't have to drive. I've been sitting on these for a while now, and I think about them pretty regularly whenever I'm on a long road trip. When I was around 22 years old, I had been very close to one of my friends for the sake of ease, let's call him Chris, and of course his name is changed for the sake of privacy. Chris and I were pretty much besties at this point. We graduated together and hung out almost daily. Chris, over the course of a few months, had developed a problem with substance abuse, like K2, spice, or otherwise just fake weed. He'd use it daily. While gaming, he decided he wanted to toke, as usual, and I politely declined, told him that that stuff would kill him, and watched over him as he rode his abuse out. Now, while Chris was in this state of mind, he'd get very out of it, like he would fall asleep, standing, and nearly collapse. He'd speak so incoherently, you'd not be able to make out a single word, and the rare but terrifying occasionally stopped breathing. I made sure to watch him until he came down, but needed to leave. 
I asked him not to smoke again until I was able to hang around and of course he agreed but he didn't follow through. Roughly two hours go by and I got a phone call from Chris's mom. I felt my heart drop in my stomach and my throat tighten. When I answered, I was told that Chris had a really bad seizure and they'd found him with a pipe still in his hand. They guessed that when he stood up and tried to get help, he fell and cracked his head on the table that he was sitting at and that he had passed. I dropped everything that I was doing right then. I got in my car and I drove to his house. When I got there, there were no signs of any kind that things were amiss. I went and knocked on the door, noting that his mom's car was gone. When the door opened, my blood ran cold. Chris was standing there, pipe in hand, and he simply asked, Hey, what's up? I thought you'd be gone for the rest of the day. I went in with him and explained everything through sobs, and I asked him if he'd switch from the synthetic stuff to the real stuff. And don't judge me, I knew he wouldn't just flat out quit. He agreed to that, and to this day, I don't know what happened. My phone even still had a call from his mom, even though she swore she never called me. But her phone didn't have an outgoing call. The logical explanation would be that she was worried and made a really messed up fake call to make me go check on him, but she didn't know that he was using synthetic stuff. Regardless of if anyone believes this, it's still one of the worst things I've ever felt, and by far one of the strangest glitches I've ever experienced. Normally, I just lurk, but this is too weird for me just to brush off. I live alone in an apartment for most of the day, my older sister only coming home after six if she's not staying with her boyfriend for the weekend. A few weeks ago, on the 25th of last month or so, I was alone for the day, playing some ranked Apex with two friends. After they got off to work their night shifts, everything kind of felt dead. I didn't hear anything after they got off, but I just brushed it off. The area where I live is just oddly empty sometimes because of the lack of jobs in the area. I hadn't been outside or even opened the blinds all day, so I had no real proof of what it was like outside. I did my normal thing for the rest of the day, working on my novel, I took a shower, I ate, and then I went to sleep at around 7 or so. I pulled an all-nighter the two previous nights, only getting about four hours of sleep between the two days through about a dozen short naps. Ever since I woke up the next morning, everything in life has been different. There's stuff in my room that I don't remember existing. I ran into a woman who supposedly knew me for a few years when we were kids, but I have little memory of it despite her saying that we were very close-knit. The agreed-upon place for the TV remote in the living room is different all of a sudden. It used to be on the coffee table, and now it's on the arm stand of the couch. The couch is different, too. It has a center console thing that wasn't there before my nap. My sister keeps going on about this trip to London that we supposedly used to do every year for my time in high school, but again, I don't remember that. 
there's too many things that have changed or slightly differed for me to believe that I just lost some memories. If things continue to run like this, I'm thinking about getting myself set up to get a cat or just to go to a psychologist. I thought you might enjoy hearing about it though. This poster has included an update to include. As of the 14th of October, I booked two appointments with my primary physician four days before the post. One for the CT and the MRE, and another for a psych eval. I had to go nearly three hours out of my home city to get the checkups done ASAP. Both tests came back clear. I did ask my physician about what could have happened to me without resorting to believing that reality has just broken itself. His best guess was an acute disassociative amnesia attack related to stress or some of the post-surgery medication that I got off of around the same time frame of my supposed reality flip. I'm still not sure what to think. Maybe getting a few tests ran in a few weeks. This story's called Weird Balls in the Road. <laughs> okay, I don't know how to explain this, and I wish that I had the mind about me to have taken a picture. My mom and I were driving down an old dirt road, one that we had taken as a detour home. Now, mind you, where we live, there have been many occurrences of paranormal or ET activity, things like unexplained sounds, animals that shouldn't have lived in our region, Bigfoot sightings, and more. We're driving, and all of a sudden I get this weird buzzing feeling in my head, and I get tingles all over my body, but not the good kind. Then, as I kept driving, I see these balls in the road. They looked like mud, but they were perfectly blended. They were in opposing triangles, all perfectly laid out. I carefully drove across them, and I didn't hit any. Then this dog shows up and starts circling the car. I know it sounds weird, but I have a pretty strong intuition when animals are trying to tell me something, and she definitely wanted us to leave. Like she was trying to warn us or protect us. She kept circling the car and going from door to door. I tried to talk to her and open my door, but she backed up and acted terrified and stood at the back of the car. I started to leave and I told her that she had to go home and stay safe and the dog finally left. But when I say she appeared, I meant it. The next day, there's perfectly round potholes where the balls had been. Seriously, what the heck was that? Has anyone else ever seen anything like this? Alright, so check this out. I discovered this community a few weeks ago and I keep thinking about perhaps the silliest glitch that I've ever encountered. I'm on vacation right now so I took a moment to search the old Facebook to find the original post that I made about the incident. This took place in 2016 in Seattle, Washington, USA. Here's what I wrote. I took a walk during my break from work today. On my way up the hill in Madison, I found myself walking behind a guy with a large, fluffy, off-white dog and a woman in an orange shirt pushing a baby carriage. 
They were walking separately, several yards apart, and didn't seem to be associated with each other. As I was walking out of the parking garage, the guy's dog dragged him into the entrance for a moment to sniff. I believe I was gone for about 35 minutes, then, alas, I had to go back to work. So I waited for the light to change, I crossed Madison, and started walking back down the hill. I found myself following a guy with a large, fluffy, off-white dog and a woman with an orange shirt pushing a baby carriage. They were walking entirely separately. Just before I turned into the alley to go back into the building, the dog dragged the guy into the entrance of the parking garage to sniff. Same people. The guy with the dog was in front, the woman with the baby carriage was second, and I was behind them both times. I have no idea how or why this happened, but it was kind of hilarious. This was an experience that my parents had, but related to me the next day. When I graduated from high school in 1998, we moved down to Monticello, Georgia, into an old farmhouse that my great-grandparents owned. My great-grandmother passed away in 1994, and my great-granddad was in a personal care home, unable to live on his own, and deeded the property to my parents so that it would remain in the family. He would pass away in 2002. The way this house was designed resulted in two doors on the front porch and one door on the back porch. One door leads into what had always been the living room. The other door leads into a bedroom that's right at the front of the house. My grandmother told me that it was originally a sitting room. The sitting room usually had the nicest furniture that you could afford, but was only used when you had important company visiting like the preacher. It was adjacent to the dining room, which would have made sense. The immediate household family would eat in the kitchen on any other occasion and would gather in the main room on any other day. But when the preacher came to call or some other out-of-town or important visitor, you went into the sitting room. After we had lived there for over a year in late 1999, with a few horses on the farm that my mom bought and wanted to breed, I had worked three jobs so far. Two in retail and one at a warehouse that stocked a national brand of hand tools. I worked second shift at the warehouse and since it was a 30 minute drive, I'd often not get home until about 12.30 a.m. and sometimes even later if I decided to join some of my co-workers at a nearby Waffle House for coffee and pie. Due to the job and work environment, I was required to wear steel-toed shoes. At the time, my ankles were rather weak, and I always seemingly walked on the insides of my feet. To help correct this, I'd always wear high-top shoes or boots. When I would come home from work, I would usually come in through the front door, leading directly into my room. The whole house had hardwood floors and the bedrooms and living room had area rugs to help muffle the sounds of footsteps and to keep the room temperatures somewhat in check. It was literally two steps from the door to the edge of my bed, so when I got home, the first thing I did was sit on the bed and take off my boots. I would then be wearing socks to wander through the rest of the house, to use the bathroom, to get a snack from the kitchen, and then finally go back to my room to watch TV before going to bed. 
However, this one night, my parents heard the door in the living room unlock and then open. They heard my boots walking around on the hardwood floor in the living room, into the kitchen, and into the back of the house where the bathroom and the utility room were. Our old dog, Pete, was asleep in the living room, and when I supposedly walked into the living room, he thumped his tail in greeting. My parents were lying in their bed, wondering when I was going to go into my room myself. I got home maybe an hour after the incident. They were sound asleep, but talked to me the next morning about what happened. They asked if I had gotten up early. I said that I didn't. And they asked why I came in through the living room instead of through my bedroom door, and why I didn't take my shoes off before walking back towards the bathroom and around the rest of the house. I did none of those things, I told them. Maybe somebody did come in the house, snoop around, and then leave. Maybe they were dreaming and thought that they heard me come home. My parents had me worried as well. So, I've been following this channel for a while now, but I've never posted any supposed glitches that have happened to me because, well, honestly, I doubt my own memory a lot. However, these two things happened only a day apart and I am 100% certain that I'm not just remembering wrong or going crazy. The first glitch has to do with my favorite pair of socks. They have frogs on them and I love them. I specifically remember being really sad a couple of months ago because one sock out of the pair had gotten a hole in the toe. That feeling really bothers me a lot, so I just stopped wearing that pair of socks. A couple days ago, going through my socks to throw away ones that don't fit or have holes, etc., I come across my frog socks again, but they're both completely fine. No holes in the toes. I know it was these socks that had a hole because they were my only frog socks and I loved them so much. It's so weird, but also really cool because now I can wear my favorite socks again. Thanks, universe. My next glitch was less than 24 hours after the socks. On my hour-long lunch break, I usually get fast food, I sit in my truck to eat it, and then I go to the gas station for a drink and a snack to last me the rest of my shift. That day, I wanted a Mountain Dew and one of those smaller cans of Pringles. I specifically wanted the sour cream and onion can, the little green one. The flavors are on different shelf heights and the green can is on the very bottom shelf. I know I grabbed the green can because I squatted all the way down to grab it off the bottom shelf. I set my two things on the counter to be rang up. I remember spacing out a bit, just staring at the card reader until the transaction went through, and when I finally saw remove card, I kind of snapped out of my spacey feeling and went to grab my two things, but my chip can was red, the original Pringle flavor. That flavor is on a whole different shelf, and I know I grabbed the green one, but it was suddenly red. I just shook it off and left with my stuff because I didn't want the employees or other customers to think that I was crazy. I've never had glitches this apparent that I'm so sure of, and I know it isn't just bad memory, but I do feel crazy. 
I don't know what else to do other than to post it here and see if you find it as weird as I do and maybe have any kind of explanation. So I bring my own computer mouse to work. I'm a weirdo about having a back button on a mouse and work mice never have them. Anyway, at the end of every day, I go through the same ritual of shutting down and packing up before going home. I pull the unifier out of the work laptop and put it in my mouse. I wrap it in a white washcloth to avoid damage, and then I put it in my bag. I got home one night last week and I couldn't find my mouse. I distinctly remember putting it in my bag because it was the last item that I put in right on top. Frustrated, I literally removed every single damn thing from my bag. I patted it down, I even shook it upside down, and nothing. And I feel like I go through this quite a bit, and for some reason, this time, I was pissed. Like, I was fuming, and I know I put it in my bag. Well, I went to sleep, I woke up, I grabbed my bag, and I went back to work. Hoping to see my mouse on my desk was disappointed when I didn't. So I opened up my bag and there it is right on top. It's the only thing in that slot of the bag. Impossible. My anger was certainly disproportionate to the scenario because there's really there's no logic to it and as much as I try to let it go, it lingers with my subconscious wrestling with the mystery of why? What was this about? Having thrown that kind of tantrum, you better be damn sure that I absolutely made sure I put my mouse in my bag after work the next night. Cursing under my breath the whole time, I wrapped it in the washcloth, tucked it snug alongside the side, zipped up securely, and off I went home for the night. Well, I get home, I open my bag, no mouse. No way. Less than 30 minutes ago, I just huffed and puffed like I was somehow proving to myself that it was in the bag this time. I just, I just collapsed in defeat. I sat on the floor for a long time, staring at the floor, wondering what the frick is going on. Completely different state of mind, this time sedated and out of sorts. To wrap this up, I went to work and the mouse was sitting on my desk this time, not in a washcloth, it was just sitting there. Now, the mostly logical part that runs things in my head knows that we have to move on, but there's a faction that's putting up a fuss and is having a very difficult time moving on until the scene is somehow reconciled. In every other area of life, social, professional relationships, interacting with the public, other basic cognitive functions, physical health, recent blood work was perfect, my memory and my recall remains superior to others within a 20-year radius of my age. Things are normal, and there hasn't been any major changes that I can tell or that my friends can tell, and they would most definitely tell me. So, to my alternate that's messing with my computer mouse, what the hell is all this about? Richfield, Ohio 1992. I was at a campground after a show and I was tripping on mushrooms and I took a big inhale on a balloon of nitrous oxide, which was laughing gas. 
At the time, it was easy to get medical dental gas in Ohio, so people were selling balloons everywhere. Well, I was young and crazy and didn't know how insane things got when you do nitrous while tripping. I was sitting at a picnic table and the gas just knocked me out and I fell backwards on my back, but I felt nothing because instantly I was no longer in Ohio. I was laying face down in wet grass and I look up and I see where I lived when I was eight years old. I see my mom walking to the car that she had back then, looking just like she did back then, with the late 70s clothes, and she looks at me, and I'm face down in the grass still, and I see concern on her face, and she says something, but no sound comes out, and she slowly starts walking towards me, and boom, I'm back in the campground, laying on my back. Now, I'm serious when I tell you that it was as real as it gets, I relived a memory. I later told her and she remembered right away. We were about to go somewhere and me and this neighbor kid were playing and he was chasing me and apparently while running, he pushed me forward and I landed hard and hit my head and blacked out for a few seconds. That memory was in there somewhere, but I got my head rattled and didn't hit save or something. And 20 years later, mushrooms and laughing gas and falling on my head again replayed those few seconds right after I got knocked out, but not in memory form. It was in real life form. The mind is deep. Apparently, the record button never really stops. The same sort of thing happened again when I was getting a massage on my neck, and in a flash, I was falling through the air seeing a double-lane highway approaching fast. Five years prior, I was in a big ATV accident and busted through a fence and dropped 20 feet onto a highway. I had a massive concussion upon impact that also took the memory of the fall through the air when I was still fully conscious. Somehow, getting my neck worked on triggered that memory, which was brand new to me. It scared me to death. In my junior year of high school, Shauna, Amanda, Christina, and I were in the same creative writing class. Amanda and Christina were good friends, and Shauna and I were good friends. One night in May of 1994, Shauna and I went out to the movies to see The Crow, and on our way back home, we were talking about how we were pining for our respective crushes. She was talking about John, a French exchange student, and I spoke of Amanda, who was in my art class, and how much I hated the preppy guy that she was dating. I felt she could do better, aka me. Shauna and I talked for hours that night. We hung out for what felt like forever. I distinctly remember this night because, as a 90s trench coat goth kid, I was in love with The Crow and I went to see it on opening weekend. The problem is, I didn't go on to meet Amanda until my senior year in AP Art in August of that same year. I had known about Amanda, we shared a few classes together, but I didn't actually have a conversation with her until that first day of art class. And I didn't go on to have a full-on crush on her until October. I also know that it's senior year art class because that was the only class 
her and I had ever sat together in, which is how we got to talking. I went back a few years after and asked Shauna about it, and she distinctly remembers that night happening in junior year as well. All of these events have very strong associations and the dates can be corroborated by what was going on at the time. To this day, I haven't been able to make any sense of this timeline. This may or may not be the right channel for this, but I'll tell you my story anyway. For as long as I can remember, I've had this memory in which I'm very young, like three to five years old, and I'm in a very tall building in a kind of mall setting, holding my mother's hand in front of a very small Taco Bell Express. To my right is the Taco Bell and a window looking outside. We were on a very high floor and there's a building right across from the building that we're in and that building is connected to ours by a tubular walkway. I can also see the other tube-like walkways going other directions outside of the windows. To my left, there seems to be a kind of lounge and perhaps some other stores. Nothing on the left really sticks out in my memory because it just seemed kind of normal. The right field of my vision definitely had some kind of futuristic feeling to it. I distinctively remember seeing a large ad in the Taco Bell Express for Mountain Dew Baja Blast. But I was born in 1990, and I've had this memory for as long as I can remember, and the image of the glass tube walkways has always seemed eerily futuristic. Is this some kind of memory of mine from a future past life? I can't remember my mother's face in the memory, only that she definitely felt like a motherly figure, which is partly why I've never brought this up to my actual mom. It would be interesting to hear any of your thoughts on this memory that I've had. You're the first person I've ever told any of this to. For some reason, I never really thought much about it, but it stuck with me for the last 23 years. I don't know where to put this because I don't even know exactly what happened, but I'll give you as much info as I can about the circumstances. This happened back in 1991-ish or so. I'm 99% sure that my first half-sister wasn't born yet. My parents split when I was three, my brother was 18 months old, and my father had primary custody of us in New York my mother lived with her new boyfriend, who I greatly disliked, in New Hampshire. During our school vacations, we'd go see our mom. I was very attached to my mom, and I still remember at 33 now, being three years old and watching her back out of the driveway and never coming back. For a three-year-old mind, when mommy wasn't back for a few months, that's never. It was traumatic. My dad wasn't the cuddly, explain it like I'm three years old kind of dad. I thought he made my mom leave when I was a kid. I resented him, but I loved him because he was my dad. My dad's house was a beautiful home in suburban Long Island. You walk in and there's a dining room to the right, a den to the left, stairs center left, and a hallway to kitchen center right walk past the stairs and there's a living room on the left. 
The eat-in kitchen area was straight ahead of the entryway with the table being dead center and the kitchen just to the right of that. If you went about four feet past the kitchen, there was a half bathroom to the left. Past that, about 10 feet is the garage on the right, laundry on the left and in the middle of a French door. This door at the end of the hallway was never used and was always locked. Even the screen door on the outside was locked all the time. It had a ledge of about eight inches, handy place for a suitcase awaiting approval. And these details are important. Here's what happened next. So, when this happened, I was around six or seven years old. My mom and, at the time, stepdad were picking my brother and me up. I remember my suitcase being one of those 70s-style leather rectangles It was an almost terracotta color. My dad has severe OCD. When I packed for my trip to see him or to come home, my clothes had to be very neatly folded and organized in my suitcase to his specifications. I'd have to redo it or get the belt if it wasn't to his standard. Since I didn't have more than a week's worth of clothes, my clothes had to be washed and dried before packing my bag. I packed my clothes in the laundry room. The hallway with the laundry room always gave me really bad vibes. It didn't have windows or lights the whole length. I always had a feeling that there was something waiting and watching you with ill intent. I yelled out to my dad that my bag was ready for inspection and I didn't hear anything. Since the house was pretty big, I just set the suitcase on the door ledge and went to go find my dad. And here is where mom and my now ex-stepdad arrive. I ran to the door knowing full well that it was my mommy ringing the bell. I was always a mommy's girl. I cried and we hugged and I saw my stepdad over her shoulder, cringed, and then went to get my bag. My mom walks into the kitchen. I was maybe three feet from the bag when my parents start arguing I went back to the kitchen because this usually meant someone was going to end up calling the cops. No sense lugging this thing down a 20-foot hallway if I'm not going anywhere. My dad thought it'd be a good idea to have a not-safe-for-work Polaroid of my mom on the kitchen counter when she arrived. My mom and dad are arguing and yelling. My stepdad is just sitting there watching for the moment. My brother and I look at each other and we start silently crying. Then I hear some more expletives being yelled and now my stepdad has my dad by the throat about three inches off his feet. Time just stopped for me. I closed my eyes and just let out a guttural scream that I still remember to this day. It didn't sound like me and I remember feeling like I shouldn't have been able to make a sound like that. Next thing I remember is hearing a gunshot and we're all on the ground with my mom over my brother and me. My dad in front of the fridge flailing like a turtle on his shell and my stepdad under the kitchen table. My mom moved her arm just enough for me to look down the hallway and see my suitcase. It wasn't on the ledge anymore. It was blown to singed pieces. My clothes were falling with burning red edges all over. You could smell the cotton burning. My dad ran to the door and opened it, looking for whoever shot at his house. 
Considering the backyard has a seven-foot fence and the neighbors are no more than a hundred feet away on that side, they should have heard that sound too. The neighbors were outside, but it was as if nothing had happened at all. He looked at the door after opening the top half and there wasn't any sign of a gunshot on the outside. There wasn't any sign of a gunshot on the inside. My dad never owned any kind of weapon like a gun. My stepdad wasn't stupid enough to cross state lines into New York with one. Well, my dad opens the bottom half and inspects both sides. He finds nothing. There was just my suitcase and clothes falling to pieces, burned and scattered about ten feet down this hallway from the door. I will never forget the look on my father's face when he stood there at that door looking back at me the only one standing at this point. He just told me to come clean this mess up. I walked down that hallway with a sense of peace that I have never felt since. The next morning at my mom's house was kind of strange. My stepdad wouldn't talk to me. Nothing like that has happened since. I don't have many other weird stories in this regard unless you talk about my ghost hunting days as a teen but this was a whole different category. I'm not sure if it's a glitch that caused it or a parallel universe colliding with ours for a moment, causing damage or something completely different. So who knows? I have no idea what happened. Here's the TLDR. My stepdad attacked my dad after mom saw a not safe for work Polaroid that my dad had left out on the kitchen counter. I screamed a sound that I didn't know I could make. We heard what we thought was a gunshot and my suitcase, about 30 feet away, blew up. My clothes were shredded and singed, but there were no signs of damage to the house from a gun, explosion, or chemicals, or fire. Hmm. I have, for sure, died two times quite possibly four times. Of the two, I'm very confident in the first one happening in about 1998 and the other in 2018 or so. In the first instance, my best friend and I were driving gravel back roads in the middle of the night, 40 miles between towns in rural South Dakota. I was admittedly going far too fast and we came over a small rise and there was a T in the road where you could turn left or right but straight forward was just a driveway for a farmhouse. The driveway went for about a half a block or so and then transitioned into a cornfield. I remember saying, oh frick, and then starting to slow down as we started to fly through the very tall corn. It was late summer and the corn stalks were basically full grown. The sound as my car plowed over the corn stalks and into the field sounded like the most vicious hailstorm ever. The experience was completely overwhelming to the senses. The sights and sounds of flying headlong at high speeds into a fully grown, densely planted cornfield cannot be overstated. This is where things get weird. The next thing I remember, I was sitting at a stop sign where we would turn onto the main highway in the same area. It was nearly completely silent with 
only the light hum of the engine creating any sound at all. And this was at least several miles away from the field that we had just flown into. My blinker was on, to the left, and the car was just sitting still with my foot on the brakes. The lack of motion and dead silence was, for reasons unknown, also absolutely overwhelming. I felt extremely disoriented and discombobulated, and was honestly not certain how I had come to this point and was even concerned that perhaps I had blacked out or something. I just wasn't certain how we had arrived where we were currently sitting. At this point, I didn't remember flying through that intersection or crashing through the cornfield. That memory was gone. It was either blocked or just unremembered. I looked over at my friend and again said, what the frick? He had a dumbfounded look on his face as well and he just shrugged his shoulders and after a moment I said, I think we go left? I actually got out of the car and found the Northern Star to make sure we would be turning the correct direction onto the highway. I also surveyed the situation, grasping for some semblance of understanding. We were surprisingly close to the town that I lived in at the time, and in short order we made it to my apartment and we both crashed as it was about four in the morning and we had had a very long day. I was dead sober for this entire experience, but I didn't feel right and I knew that something, something was amiss. We got up the next day at about mid-morning and got back into my car to drive to my friend's town where he was attending college, which was going to be about a five-hour drive. We needed gas and I stopped at a station to fill up and get some other miscellaneous supplies. My car I was driving at the time was old enough to be losing a bit of oil, so I almost always checked the oil. Again, at this moment, my memories of the cornfield and all of that were completely gone. I popped the hood and went around to the front of the car to get at the engine. I lifted the hood and I glanced down. I have never been so absolutely baffled and immediately enlightened at the same time. A light breeze would have knocked me over. My engine compartment was almost completely chock full of cornstalks. My knees went weak and I became very, very heady. Once again, I very loudly and firmly proclaimed, what the frick, and called to my friend so he would come around to the front of the car with me. The very instant I saw the cornstalks in the engine compartment, the entire accident flashed back to me. I don't remember the point of death, but I remember all the other details, including being very confused sitting at the stop sign by the highway and the brutal contrast between flying through the field and just sitting still at a stop sign. My friend said to me, do you remember? I said, yeah. We talked it over multiple times during our hour-long drive and we had the exact same memories. His memory also returned to him the second he saw that the corn was in the car as well. A couple of months later, I tried to drive the same back roads where we had been driving to find that intersection and the farmhouse and the driveway and the cornfield. There were a couple of very unique, specific details to the location 
where the accident happened that should have made it very easy to recognize and find. But I was never able to locate a spot like this on any of the roads anywhere around where we would have been driving. Microsoft had just also released their satellite imagery and I scoured everywhere between those two cities and I've never, ever been able to find the location where we had our accident. I honestly don't think that it exists on this timeline. The other time, I was out in the middle of the night, again in a very rural area during a thunderstorm to take lightning photos, and I'm pretty sure that I saw the lightning bolt that killed me prior to my timeline jump. I remember sitting in the car and finishing my styrofoam cup of gas station coffee and hopping out of the car to smoke a cigarette and go pee on the road. Most of the lightning was several miles to the west, and it wasn't even actually raining where I was parked. I wasn't worried about lightning safety at this point. Now, the very large power lines that take electricity to the town I was living in were right by this road. I've been pretty close to a couple of lightning strikes, and I'm no stranger. I remember getting that very powerful static feeling in the hair on my head and on my arms started to stand up. I knew it was coming. I started to say, oh, frick. I reached for the door handle, and before I could even get my profanity out, I remember a profoundly huge snapping sound and a blinding white light. The next thing I remember, I was sitting in my parked car with my nearly full cup of coffee in my hand, and I remember thinking that I wanted to go smoke a cigarette, and I needed to go pee, so... I chugged the lukewarm coffee and started to get out of the car. The second my feet hit the ground, I felt the most massive wave of deja vu I have ever experienced. I nervously glanced up beside the road to look at the power lines, but the spot that I had stopped previously was about a mile down the road, and the power lines had turned a corner and hadn't followed the road down to where I was. I glanced down the road to what I thought was the spot that I had previously been in, and just as I looked down the road, lightning struck the power line in multiple massive flashes, and I even saw the lightning bolt jump down to the ground under the power line. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I witnessed the very lightning bolt that killed me. I have a couple of other experiences where I'm pretty sure I also died, but the situations were ambiguous enough that I can't be too certain. So, you are not alone, and if you ask around, you'll be surprised of the number of people who have confusing, odd experiences where things are not quite as they seem. There have been many people delighted to finally gain the proper vocabulary word to label their experience, and that word is quantum immortality. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 